0: listening to ABQ Central.
1: Well to be fair to be fair
0: to be fair to be fair, to be, fair. To be, fair. To be fair with your hosts Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Alright, this is gonna be so cool. 95.9 FM 610 the sports animal the cream of the quad and talkabq.com
2: Morning Albuquerque, your boys have made the transition from seven to eight. Good morning, Van. How are you? Good morning, my dude. How does it feel being in the new slot? Tell you what, it's like a it's like a promotion we didn't ask for. That's huh. what it is. It's like it's like when you do such a good job, they just put more they put more work on your plate. That's what this is. So they one more hour every Saturday morning, and that's how you and I are doing it, and we're bringing it to you, obviously, on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central live for the, uh, I guess, for the last time from the ABQX studio. No, Yeah, as we're transitioning to the Talk ABQ studio, so that's, that's an interesting little run. And we're doing, uh, mostly, as you're aware, COVID-19, most radio now is remote. That's the new. That's the new jam. Yeah, yeah. The essential workers are only Mike Vital, isn't that correct, Mike? <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 so,
2: uh, so we are. We're doing it. We're doing it from afar this morning, um, and we plan on doing it next week from Tucson, Arizona. So you because can go we're going anywhere. From Dasha Mays to a uh, competitive bodybuilding bikini Bacardi building Bacardi building. What's a what? It's a it's a big competition. <laughs> so we're bringing we're bringing first thing out of the gate our friend Dasha Mays, who we've been so fortunate to work with the last couple weeks on shooting a documentary. Good morning, Dasha. How are you? Good
4: morning. I'm very good. Very good. You bumped her I'm up. right up to that
2: microphone. And you're a good friend to me. There. So it is perfect. So Dasha and I have walked life together for some time now. But what we've done is—is is she she came to us with interest and she said, "Hey, I'm going to be part of a, a competitive bodybuilding world of a fantasy and adventure and lore." Well, I'm actually talking Dungeons and the Dragons. <laughs> okay, but she said, "I'm going to go do that." So, Dasha, tell us a little bit about the NPC competition coming up in Tucson, and tell us a little bit about what it takes to become like a competitive bodybuilder.
4: It takes a lot, a lot of strength training and a lot of two a day work, um, and a lot of consistency and not a lot of fun food, um, and a ton of cardio. (laughs) Um, but the whole bodybuilding, uh, bikini competition is definitely a a different world and a different experience than what I'm used to. Um, so it's just, it's a lot of grit work. Um, it's a lot of mental, mental work also. Um, so yeah.
3: What, what does the competition itself entail? How do they judge you? How do you go about the competition?
4: So the competition is the judges, you have about three judges, and I believe they're on the bottom of the stage, and they look at your physique, um, they look at the definition of your muscles, and how well you uh, were able to develop them, um, you have your quads and your, your core um, your deltoids, the upper body and everything, and you have to make sure you do this certain pose and you hold this certain pose for who knows, 15 minutes. You might, you, you might cramp a little <laughs> bit or something, but you have to keep it held for them to, um, judge you accordingly to see if you're, you're doing it good enough.
2: Dasha Mays. What is it? Amateur? Is it professional? What level are you currently at in the world of, of, of bodybuilding competition?
4: I'm very much amateur. This is my first one, and I've never done it before in my life. And I felt like it would be a good idea to to try something new and uncomfortable.
3: So we did Sober October with the health of Evolve Fitness. Correct. And we'll have um, owner-operator, head trainer CJ on later. And um, we did some good things for our body this month. You mostly, me some. Well, yeah, you look good, buddy. Thank you. We don't look anywhere as good as you no that takes no. that takes a lot of work that the average person is not willing to put in can you like tell us about your day to day like how much you exercise how much you have to control your diet uh,
4: yeah so um, I do probably about 30 60 to maybe like 90 minutes of just like straight cardio whether it's uh, running whether it's power work uh, sprints spin. Um, anything to, to elevate the heart rate. And then I go into my strength work, my strength training, um, and that takes about an hour and a half to two, just depending. Um, and then with all that correlated, I have to make sure that all my protein and all of my meals are on point because if they're not, then I'm working out for nothing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I get really exhausted towards the end of the night. <laughs> um, and I wake up around 5, sometimes 4.30, and then just do it all over again. And in between all of those, I have my uh, my clients that I train um, and I try to be a good human to other people and socialize as well. So,
2: And the reason you're joining us at the, the very start of the program, the 8 a.m. slot, is because you have to work out all day every day. And this was literally the only time that fit your schedule. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, I'm actually
4: going to work out after this. <laughs> and, and we're
2: introducing you to the listener because outside of ABQ Central, which you, 610 listener, are familiar with, Van and I own a, like a small production company. We own, yeah, Talk ABQ, which is the small production company. Humble, humble beginnings. Humble beginnings. And, Dasha, we're, we're helping you with the documentary. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we, we started taking on this endeavor, well, at least production-wise, months ago. But, like, the shooting and the idea of putting it to, to action just a couple weeks ago.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And can you maybe a little bit talk about just, like, that journey of going from... From doing it just in the shadows with only you as your support system, to now like at least in this room that we're in, a couple of your biggest fans and all the people that are contributing to help you.
4: Yeah, honestly, it's it's kind of a, it's it's a great eye opener for sure. I think it's um, I don't know. I feel very humbled about it, um, and it's it's nice to have um, you know that support system and stuff, and and to know that my hard work is being. Um, shown now. Um, it's really neat. It's really neat to to even just, you know, just the things that I think are normal aren't necessarily nor- normal to a lot of other people. So that's kind of interesting to kind of um, show show people that.
2: Ben, you took Dasha to Evolve Strong. Yes. And it was the first time people were nice to you while you were there.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's surprising how nice people are to you when Dasha is standing yeah, right next to you. not a
4: thing. <laughs> So Aww.
3: we did a we did a hot, like, Pilates class at Evolve Strong, and in the hot room, which is in between 100 and 105 degrees, Dasha didn't even break a sweat. Aw. Didn't even break a sweat. Didn't even have to stretch. Nothing. It was just too easy. She's was like, was... when are we going to start working out, Van?
4: It was so warm. I was I... yawning. He was getting mad <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I can't help it. I can't get any oxygen to my brain. <laughs>
2: I literally know that exactly. I only yawn when I stretch. <laughs> yeah. we, we next weekend are going to Tucson, Arizona. That will be the seventh. And what we're doing is we're competing. And I say we because I'm now part of the team, I guess. Yes. Sure. It's like when you root for for your hometown <laughs> baseball team. So we're going to be in Tucson. And we will be doing the program live uh, via technology yeah. from Tucson.
3: It's, it's basically magic yeah, to so, me.
2: So yeah. we we transitioned to the 8 a.m. start, but it's actually 7 a.m. start yeah. again for us one more time. Because we'll be in the Pacific. Or how does that work?
3: Fall back, roll back? When is that? That's well, Arizona tomorrow. doesn't. Fallback Spring time forward. Time. Oh, so we should be so it'll actually be noon. We, we might be the same <laughs> or we might be two hours off. I don't know. We'll either be live with you or very confused. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that's where we'll be.
2: And then what we want to do is we want to give the listener a chance to, to maybe like follow our story a little bit while we're out there. Mm-hmm. So we have like a ton of social media outlets. We have all that kind of stuff. So everything we do is at talk ABQ. That's all of our stuff. Mm-hmm. But Dasha, your social media is going to be documenting like the journey literally from us going out on that Friday to the experience to us trying to peer pressure you into like drinks and carbs afterwards. <laughs> yeah. can, can you talk a little bit about like your social media presence and then like your training? Um, like not how does you train as you train others?
4: Um so my uh, I have an Instagram and I have a YouTube. Um, my Instagram is dashamaze trains um, and I have all of my fun clients there. Um, I have all my training uh, time-lapse and uh, my inversions and all of that fun stuff on my page as well. Um, and um,
2: YouTube.
4: YouTube. Yeah. Uh, YouTube is dashamaze. Uh, if you want to subscribe and follow, I'm very new to that too. And it's r- it's really ghetto and it's really funny. Um <laughs> Um and yeah so um post competition I'm going to try not to give into any peer pressure cuz I'm pretty sure if I have just a little drink I'm going to be exhausted. So well, um, you'll probably get
3: hammered. Yes, yeah. that's how you oh, that, have like zero body fat on
2: you. I'm like be-
4: Super loopy, and then I'm just going to fall asleep on the desk or on a table or something. It is
2: our plan to leave Tucson burned to the ground. (laughs) Yes. That is is our plan. So so what we're going to do is on the third, we're going to watch the election. Mm -hmm. That will go fine and terrible. Mm -hmm. And then then we're going to quickly run to Arizona, which will either be a safe haven or a war zone.
3: Who knows? We don't know which.
2: Right. (laughs) Compete in a bodybuilding competition. Steal the show. Mm
4: -hmm. We Mm -hmm. might
2: know. You know what? We might win
3: the whole thing.
4: That'd we, be so fun. I would love to yeah. win it. Yes, we might come. You got, in a, at,
3: you got to get a shot as anybody. That's yeah. how I feel. We might come in
2: just dead last,
4: right? Which, which is also
2: okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I promise you, we'll have the most memorable moment, and oh, I for don't know sure. what that is for sure. Yeah. So
3: we're going. to the, go the memorable moment might be the Mad Max Fury Road going through the deserts of Arizona <laughs> right? on the way to the competition,
4: just drifting yeah. it the entire yeah. time. <laughs>
2: Dasha Mays is joining us. She and I and Van are working together on a documentary about her story of coming up from Ria Doso and the trials and tribulations, the highway or excuse me, the city miles that New Mexico can put on you. The city
3: miles, Ru- Rui Doso, Rui Doso, yes. Rui Doso, Rui. The um,
2: the thing that I'm most excited about with. Uh, with this documentary and, and like our journey doing it is just exposing you kind of this world. Because you've never you've never necessarily lived in like a like a media strong like environment, right? Right. So what is that like? What is like a day like where you're like, oh I know I have to be in front of the camera, oh I know I have to do a radio spot, oh I know I'm about to be on stage. What has that transition been for you, uh like as a person into becoming like a figure?
4: Uh whoa, a figure? That's a lot. Um I don't know. I think at first I was, I was pretty nervous about it, to be honest. I was kind of like, I don't know, um, just scared to be in front of the camera or even scared to even talk, on, you know, to a microphone. Um, but as you know, I just take it a day at a time, and a step at a time. And then that kind of really just like, just shifts out any of that fear and stuff. So it's, that's kind of cool. I mean, it's, it's an interesting transition. I don't necessarily see myself as a figure, but, um, yeah, it's neat like it.
3: Like your, your hard work and dedication has been so impressive. And, like, for example, like, you basically you, – you mentioned your diet and how, you know, restrictive it is. How much do you hate me right now that I have a Burger King croissant sandwich and some hash brown just sitting right in front of you? The fumes just wafting
4: <laughs> right in front of um, you. Well – I ha- I honestly haven't had fast food in probably like plus 10 years. And not saying anything against it or anything like that, but it's just never really been my strong suit to have fast food. So to, you know, to smell it and everything is not not necessarily super tempting for me.
3: It's probably like just reinforcing all of your positive decisions <laughs> just looking down at that pile of garbage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: Uh, i I really like the performance of of the the diet that I have um, it really helps me to gain more strength, gain more muscle and to to tone out and everything too so I always make I can always make my own homemade um, McDonald's Ish. Ish. Sure. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Dash Maze, we're winding you down because you have to go because if you're not constantly running, then you fear your heart will stop, I guess. Yes. But you are about to run out. Uh, real quick before we let you go, we're going to document the entire week coming up for everyone that's at TalkABQ. That's us for Dasha Maze. It's at Dasha Maze Trains. Mm-hmm. If we Google that, we'll find you. right? Yes, yes, okay. you can find me. And then uh, next weekend, you are going to have the uh, most exciting—I uh, don't know—display of your life. I don't know how else to describe
4: that. Yeah, it's going to be—it's going to be, it's gonna be f- yeah, very uncomfortable and very fun at the same time. And I'm going to be very tan.
3: So, Doug, uh, <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: you <yes>. are. yeah, <laughs> hard. Yes, we've seen the tanning schedule.
4: Yeah, I have like three coats. I'm going to do. Uh, that is
3: too funny. It's going to be
2: uh, great. And then, uh, actually, shout out to Son of Million. Because Son of Million has given us the opportunity here in town to just tan Dasha up.
4: Yes, yeah, thank you. So
2: Selby over at Sun a Million. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to grab a break. Dasha, thank you so very much for coming and taking the time this morning. Obviously, we're going to have you back on after the competition at some point to talk about how that went. It won't be next week because you'll be in the zone. Totally. Yeah, but what a tremendous start to the new program. we get back sports talk in a more traditional manner. Dave & Buster's presents ABQ Central live in the ABQ X studio powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9. We're getting strong with Evolve Strong.
5: The Sports Bar with Michael and Mike. Weekdays at 3. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal.
2: I want a shot. We're back on the program. What a good little start to the morning! What a fun start. Yeah. Just sneaking Dasha in real quick.
3: A little. It was a surprise to me. I didn't think she was coming till ten o'clock hour.
2: Yeah, we well, and I'll tell you, we had to move some things around because that's with the new ten to, or excuse me, with the new eight to eleven format. We had to, we got to get creative. So we had Dasha on, but at ten o'clock, Alex Curtis, who's the director of communications for the Secretary of State, he's going to join us.
3: How exciting!
2: And we're going to talk about voting on uh, November the third. So this Tuesday. Obviously with COVID-19, obviously with the polling stations and all the, I don't know, different worries and adjustments. And, and I said, well, let's just get an expert. Let's not, let's not have anyone at, at the local brewery tell us that our polling station's closed or that you can't vote because we're going to go to the horse's mouth on this one. So Alex Curtis is going to join us, the director of communications for the Secretary of State, at, eight, or at 10 a.m. And we're going to talk about uh, just how to vote and, and what to expect when you go to vote this Tuesday, Van. So that'll be nice. Also, ten fifteen, Sarah Regala, the director of Big Brothers Big Sisters Mountain Region, she will join us because if you remember, Van, when you were out of town, sitting in for you, started TV and radio, KOB's very own Brandon Ortega. Oh, the best dude. Correct. We started the Friends of the Show team for big brothers big sisters Correct. for their move for kids sake yeah. initiative and we are currently sitting in third place of all of the teams oh. in the region to raise money so What's she with the bronze well i like that we're on the podium uh-huh. but sarah's going to come on and she's going to encourage us encourage the listener to give us just that we're only a couple hundred bucks off from the second is that it that's it okay and now first is untouchable the first place team has raised like eighteen thousand dollars. It's something ridiculous.
3: <laughs> well, let's
2: have some lofty goals. Here. Yes. Why not? But we are just a couple hundred bucks away from second place. So Sarah Regala will join us at ten fifteen, the director of Big Brothers, Big Sisters Mountain, and and she will just she will ride your boys hard and we will ask the listener to help us out. And then finally, CJ, the owner operator of Evolve Strong, will join us at ten thirty as we as we talk about our fitness journey. And did we achieve what we hope to achieve during October? And are we prepared for the amount of drinking that Tuesday will bring? Ooh-wee. we!
3: is going to be a
2: rough. Wanted to obviously get into the World Series. Before we get into the World Series, we're going to pour one out. A melancholy pour one out, man. Star of all of your favorite childhood movies. The Bond movies. Indiana Jones movies. the, The Rock. I mean, I don't know if that one really counts, but...
3: Sean Connery passed away this morning. All time Jeopardy contestant Sean Connery. That's
2: brilliant. <laughs> Sean Connery passes away this morning. Um, it's that's kind of a bummer one, right? That's kind of a 2020 keeps taking its shots.
3: Yeah, this is one of those who's next kind of guys. It's like, oh, okay, Sean Connery now. All right, who's next? What's what's going to be worse than Sean Connery? Like. <sighs> They resurrect Bob Ross, and then he dies yeah, again. Correct. <laughs> yeah,
2: correct. <laughs> yeah. They resurrect Bob Ross just to bury him in, a, in, like, an open grave with Betty White. And you're, you're like, God, oh, this is too much. Stop it. So Sean Connery passed away today. Sean Connery would have been, oh, I don't know, born in 1930. So what's that work out to be? I don't know. A lot. He would have been a lot. So 89? 90. 90? Yeah. So there you go. So that's a uh, that's a long run for, for your boy Sean Connery and a little bit of excitement. You got a favorite Bond? You got a favorite Bond? Should we do the Varsity of Bond today? There's only like five of them, though.
3: Yeah, the Varsity is every single (laughs) Bond. It's got to be Sean Connery. Roger Moore? Well, he's the standard, right? Yeah. He had the longest run. Not Pierce. Pierce is a joke. First off, how dare you?
2: You don't think he's a joke?
3: He's like, for our generation, our age, like non-Sean Connery, I think he's the second place Bond.
2: Well, I think Daniel Craig is the first place Bond. Daniel you know, Craig is the type of – those are the type of, like, spy, Jason Bourne, Mission Impossible-esque Bond movies that I like.
3: He, I think you have a recency bias here because he's the new one and the movies are getting, like, progressively better. A million current. times better, yeah. Yeah, they're very good movies.
2: Dr. No is garbage. Yeah.
3: The The old Bonds don't exactly age that great with, like, the bad fight scenes no. and the, the blatant sexism. You know, besides that, like, they're – the Bond movies are amazing. Cultural the, phenomenon.
2: The best thing about Goldfinger was the office spiff of Goldfinger.
3: Well, I think the best thing about Goldfinger is the name Goldfinger.
2: Yes, it's so good.
3: Okay. I Idris Elba? Bond of color. That's what yeah, I think. That's what the internet is saying. Idris Elba is the best choice for anything ever. All of the things. Yeah. You could put him in anything and I'll be like, Meh, okay. That's good. That's good. That's good. If you That's manage, good. if you manage the Rays, you could put him in
2: in the sixth to throw just softballs over home plate and allow the LA Dodgers to take Game Six of the World Series. When your starter, Brad Snell, goes for nine Ks over the first five, is that right? The first four
3: <laughs> managers always try to get too fancy in the playoffs, don't they? I don't they understand. Always, they always overthink their decisions. Don't they? Don't trust their dudes. Blake Snell was pitching absolutely lights out. You got to let him, like at least get. He'd even get a guy in scoring position and they yanked him. No, just like a little CNI single and they yanked him. When, do you want to say there? Do you want to say Kevin Cash? Kevin Cash. Because and it's
2: well, it's the third time through the lineup and they'll have seen him this time. And and uh, the scouting department and the GM called me and I thought, well, I might as well pick up the phone because I got my boys to Game Six of the World Series and who'd have thought we'd be here. Yeah, the thing that's so neat to me about this is I would have loved to have seen that game seven. I would have loved for game six to be 1-0 and it come down to just like the most exciting night in baseball. Sure. But heck of a run by L.A. to be able to get to this point and then do it. And then Kevin Cash to just hand them the ship, the piece of metal. Right. Because that was – it was flooring. Like as I was watching, you and I did not watch it together. I watched it with a mutual friend. And when we were watching, we said – what is going on? Like, the, the dugout for L.A. literally erupted. It was literally like, here's our chance. We got three innings, boys. And then they get two right away. They don't need whatever else they ended up with. And then, and then the Dodgers walk off. Um, well, one of the Dodgers had to walk off in the eighth inning. Sure. Justin Turner came back with that positive COVID-19 result. So he had to leave, and obviously he was quarantined successfully for the rest of the night taken to his hotel
3: what's your definition of successfully well eh, that does not seem like a success to me because 15 minutes later he was on the field spreading all uncle corvid to all of his brothers and teammates just out there.
2: as an absolute joke right like he could not figure it out at all like and then so when Major League Baseball sees that Justin Turner returns to the field to celebrate with the team, they send down Major League Baseball security and they're like, "Homeboy, oh you got to go.
3: Can't do this.
2: Cannot do this." And he says, "Nope." He just drops a nope on him. Yeah, says I'm not
3: going. So I mean, you, you could do a risk benefit analysis. If you could get, if you can hoist that trophy, would you be okay with getting COVID? No. <laughs> you still. <laughs> You'd rather have be COVID free yes. than a World Series champion.
2: I would literally rather be COVID free than everything.
3: I'm taking World Series champion. No, you're not. If I if my twenty five best dudes are out there on the mound celebrating together. You're still part of it. Hoisting that trophy. You're
2: still in the mix.
3: I'm gonna get me some Corvid. No. Give sign me up for Corvid if I could be a World Series champion. I don't
2: accept <laughs> You're not allowed to knowingly endanger anyone
3: else. That's fair. Yeah. But also, I'm good with it. You're an elite level athlete. You're a millionaire. You have access to the best healthcare in the world. Most 20s and 30s professional athletes don't even notice when they have COVID because they're so insanely healthy. It's super rare that someone that healthy has like horrible effects. Yeah, you got your your random Freddie Freeman and your your random uh, uh, kid from the White Sox. Um, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I don't have it in front la, of me. La, 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 la. I'd have to pull it up.
2: Well, here's the thing with the White Sox. Now you can't have COVID and go on the field because Tony Larusa is 79 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he is. He's in the mix, and I really don't know if he's 79. I think he's 76. Like I'm. I'm not joking. He's 76 years old. Thank you, Vital. Like, he's, he's too old to manage a baseball team. Not too old to run the country, by the way. He's too old to manage a baseball team. Yoan Moncada.
3: Thank That's, you. Yeah.
2: But the idea that Justin Turner thinks, like, the audacity of this jerk to think that he can go. And by the way, I was pro-Justin Turner before this. Thought he was one of the boys.
3: I'm a huge Justin Turner fan. Was.
2: You meant to say was. Before. Yeah.
3: Because this is garbage. Maybe, like, Cody Bellinger is going to get it from Justin Turner and then he's going to go to Disney World with his family and then Cody Bellinger is going to give it to his aunt and then his aunt is going to go home and have dinner with Grandma on Sunday and Justin Turner is going to kill Cody Bellinger's grandmother just to get a photo op with the trophy.
2: When we get back, more baseball talk. Dave & Buster's <laughs> presents ABQ Central live from the ABQX studio powered by New Mexico Pinon. We play on Team I-9. We're getting strong with Evolve Strong, 95.9 FM, AM 610. Deep. Sports Animal
5: Albuquerque's home for the NFL 95.9 FM and AM 610.
2: The Sports Animal. We're back and we're talking baseball on the program. Van, we hinted on it briefly before we went to break. We hinted on it briefly. But my hero, my personal hero, number three all-time in wins in Major League Baseball, three ships, he's managed for the White Sox, the A's, the Cardinals, and now the White Sox. Tony Larusso back in the game, my guy.
3: Yeah, what are you like 76? 76. 76 years young? La- Hall of Famer, a, already in the Hall of Fame. Already in the Hall of Fame. What do you have to prove, Tony? The- he's a lifer, man. Okay, Tony
2: Larusso a lifer. If he's not going out literally in the dugout, it's gonna be in the it's gonna be in the bullpen, or it's gonna be in the front office, or it's going to be.
3: I don't think anyone is going to argue his genius or, say, bad hiring when you mention the name Tony La Russa. No, But in the COVID age, do you want a 76-year-old manager?
2: You know how they always tell you to slide feet first? Uh-huh. That's how they tell Tony La Russa to go out of baseball.
3: <laughs> Lungs first? That's the only
2: way you're going out. Feet first, Tony. <laughs> Coffins up. It's like that coffin meme yes. with those dancing
3: guys.
6: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Jerry Reinsdorf, who I guess for 30 years now has regretted letting Tony La Russa leave the White Sox because in 1989, obviously, won a World Series with the Oakland Athletics and then went on to win two with the Cardinals in the 2000s and then 2011. I love this more than any move possible because there are, what, 30 Major League Baseball teams? Correct. 29 of them would not have hired Tony La Russa. 29 of them would not have considered Tony La Russa
3: as a hire. That's a slight bit hyperbolic. Is it? But I get the sentiment. A few people would have gave Tony LaRusa a shot. What? I think I think he's a good fit. I mean, just beyond name recognition, like White Sox have a super young, promising team and he gets to impart his bazillion years of baseball experience on these kids. I think well, it's a
2: smart move. And that's the thing, do you have the roster in front of you for the White Sox? You know it off the top of your head, right? Sure. So I mean, they got kids. They got kids with flair up the middle. They got kids who flip the bat. They got young talent at the corners. They got outfielders that are some of the best athletes on the planet. This right. is this is an unreal team. Can Tony La Russa handle the personalities? Can Tony La Russa handle the the gap in age? Well, here's the thing: he handled Jose Canseco. Sure, he handled Harold Raines. He Harold Harold. He handled Mark McGuire. And, um, and I can name everyone for the Cardinals. That was a nut job that he had, like. Tony LaRusso is going to be able to get these guys better than ever because you can be seventy six or you can be twenty six, and as long as you're talking like six four three, like you understand the language you're speaking to each other.
3: Yeah, for sure. And he looks good in stripes. Oh my gosh, he looks good in stripes. Yeah. Did you see his uh, his presser? His, no. They they released a presser before they had the announcement, and they accidentally put AJ Hinch's signature. On top of Tony LaRusse's picture. What does that on mean? On the official. What? No, his uh, A.J. Hinch's autograph. So I guess, cause, you know, A.J. Hinch, just hours after the White Sox announced. Yeah. The, the Tigers announced that they hired famed cheater A.J. Hinch. Remorseful cheater. World Series asterisk champion A.J. Hinch. Cheater. And cheater. He's cheating.
2: He's Organizing. Cheating organizer of cheating that's a great area there because some might argue that it was tony la russa in the 80s when we played where we managed the white Sox, and they would set up a light system in the outfield
3: which for some reason seems to just be brushed under the rug this upsets me sometimes when you say the thing i was about to say (laughs) a half a second before me yeah i was gonna segue from aj Hinch being a cheater to tony la russa doing it as well he was he was way ahead of the game in like every aspect every aspect he batted the pitcher eighth,
2: and he was like, "No, this makes sense." You did it again, double leadoff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so. It's like Connie Mack, John McGraw, Tony Larusa. That's like the conversation, right? Right. These are big dogs, and then so Tony Larusa is going to pass John McGraw this upcoming season because John McGraw has only got him by like thirty or forty wins. So Tony Larusa, it's literally okay. I got it right here. It's like thirty-five wins. So Tony Larusa is going to jump. To number two all-time in managerial wins. Now, no one's ever going to catch Connie Mack. He would buy teams just so he can manage them. Like, he's got his own style. But Tony is, after this, by the way, already a Hall of Famer. Like, no way to defame a Hall of Fame career with this
3: decision. Is going to push this team into the playoffs. I think they're a playoff team on paper. Yeah, absolutely there. Yeah, anything can shake out in baseball these days, but on paper, man, they are a good squad.
2: Well, and here's why I think it's going to end up being a thing, where it's he has this exact same experience when he was with the Oakland Athletics. Because when he was with Oakland, um, the Giants were right there, right? So you were already the second son in that quote-unquote city, which I know they're two cities, but they're five minutes apart. Chicago White Sox are like the bastard stepchild of Chicago. The White Sox are never the Cubs. They're never going to be the Cubs even when the White Sox had Mark Burley in their winning World Series, and they still were not the they Cubs. Still don't draw. Isn't that insane? Yeah, I mean, th- well, the Southside fans are a different type of fan, by You're absolutely right. Yeah, like, and you're from that neighborhood, like, but that they're this is going to sound bad. They're not going to be on primetime TV. They're not going to be like if I right now went to MLB.com, like they're not featuring. The White Sox apparel on the front of the page.
3: Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's... They're not going to get a lot of Sunday night games. They're no. They're going to get a lot of Wednesday night games. Absolutely not. Yeah. That's going to be Red Sox, Yankees, Dodgers, Giants. But do, and then they might get one televised game.
2: Do you feel like that's a like a message that resonates with hashtag kids these days, though? Because I feel like young athlete loves that. No one respects you. Yeah. You're being scorned.
3: Chalkboard material.
2: Isn't it? Sure. And some of these young dudes... And by the way, like you see, like run some names on that
3: roster for me, real quick. I don't have them on the top of my head. Eloy Jimenez, Yon Moncada. Uh, Oh, what's yeah? And where are all these kids from? Like Pan
2: American countries. Sure. Like they know the come up story. Caribbean. Yeah. Like they know the hey, we're gonna work really hard, and all the odds are gonna be against us, and we're gonna do it despite literally despite the world. Tony LaRusso is going to put these dudes in the right way. This, to me, is the best hiring that I ever could have possibly seen. Uh, Reinsdorf, again, hates being second. I mean, he, and don't forget, he owned the Bulls. Yeah, like, maybe still owns the Bulls. And they were number one. Like, and now all of a sudden, you've been sitting second tier to the Cubs and even the Bears often, like, for too long. Like, this, and this, I don't know, this is a power move for me. And it's, it's a way more impactful move than the A.J. Hinch move because I think Detroit is terrible as a baseball team in a city.
3: Yeah, well, um, unfortunately you nailed that one. Um Detroit, you're beautiful, you're you're an original, you got your own character. That character kinda sucks, Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Chicago is you know, the second city. Right? It goes New York, Chicago. That's why they call it second city.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: What would what number's Detroit? Oh gosh. They call us 14th city.
2: No, they don't. It's not that high. (laughs) And there was a time when the automobile industry was the automobile industry. And there was a time when the shipping industry was the shipping industry. And there was a time when you needed to get to Canada and you could just take the Admiral Bridge right there. Mm -hmm. But Detroit is not what it was. The, The Detroit now is the Lions.
3: Oof. Oh, that's a horrible parallel. It's like you're the way people feel about your city. Right is the way they feel about your horrible football team.
2: Well, like they right now, in my opinion, have if not one of the most exciting young running backs in football, and that DeAndre Swift kid. It's
3: a lot of fun to watch. A lot
2: of fun to watch. No one's watching him.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, one gets to see him. <laughs> like, Why would you put that team on television? No, I
2: mean, uh, you know, I think. Well, they, I do want to see that Jonathan Taylor. If they, I mean, if they're, if the Lions are playing against one of my teams, because that's that's what happens with this and that's the whole problem with Detroit. So I think I think Tony's impact in Chicago, and I know we get to football just comparing the cities, but Tony's impact with the White Sox is gonna be far superior than AJ Hinch's impact with the Detroit Tigers. Push. Push. <laughs> They're both nothing <laughs> still. Uh. I like I like the idea that uh that you can bring in to like what I might argue outside of like the Padres is the most young, exciting like baseball team, period, and put in like the most geriatric a manager, and be like these boys got it, yeah. Like that, like only Ryan would have like, done this. Are you
3: guys shooting a sitcom? Yeah. Why'd, you, why'd <laughs> you do this? Is this a reality show in the making? Who's this old man? They say. Wait, you're gonna have to get a young, spry bench coach, right? You got to get the up and coming guy. It'll be Jose Okendo, the, the young guy. It'll def- be a, definitely a Spanish speaker.
2: It, I'm telling you right now. It will be Jose Okendo. Okay. He managed third base for Tony LaRusso for about a million years with the Cardinals. He was the minor league coach for the Cardinals for a long time down in Memphis. He only just this year, after three years in the minor leagues, came up to run third base again for the Cardinals. But he will go to the White Sox. He will manage third. And then whenever Tony bows out after two years, because Tony won't go more than two years, he can't. Can't.
3: Yeah. They'll hand it
2: to Jose Okendo.
3: There's like elderly labor laws for that, right? Like you can't. Work more than four hours a day when you're 80 or something like that. It's like illegal. Dave Duncan will be there too. Yeah, Reinsdorf is committing a crime by making Tony La Russa work more than four hours a day.
2: Congratulations to 2022 Chicago White Sox manager, the secret weapon Jose Okindo, as he will take over for Tony La Russa. We're gonna get a break real quick. We're only 15 short minutes away from a uh, new friend of the show. <gasps> Izzy Gonzalez is going to join us. And you I, know her from the Layer in M. We're going to spend the top of the nine o'clock hour talking all Lobos, and we're going to do it for an hour as the Lobos open their season today. So that's a million times exciting. She just she just texted me. She's here.
3: All right.
2: So we're going to get her down from the lobby. Van, you're doing so good. Vital, I love being on remote with you. It's like the benefits of having you without having to see you. Aww. So this has been really tremendous. Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central live from the ABQX studio, powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we're getting strong with Evolve Strong. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal.
5: The unrivaled king of sports radio, the Jim Rome Show. Weekdays at 10 on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The. Sports Animal!
2: We're doing radio, and for the first time, at least on 610, the Sports Animal, we're going to push it past 9 o'clock. How
3: about that? How, How about that, that? How does that feel?
2: If you're just now tuning in, your boys expecting to hear the varsity like you have every single week for the last 18 months. <laughs> tune back in at 1045, because your boys aren't 7 to 9 no more. Your boys are 8 to 11 every single Saturday. We're bringing you three hours of sports talk, and we're doing that with a lot of new friends of the show. So we're going to be bringing them in regularly, starting at 9 o'clock. Izzy Gonzalez will join us. She's from The Lair. Lair? Lur. The Lair. you're
3: doing it again. The Lur. Lair. The Lair. Lair. N-M. You say Lair. Lair. Lair.
2: Yeah. Okay,
3: it's The Lair. You are literally saying what I am saying. No, those are two different words.
2: Which is an outstanding forum for Lobo talk, and it's all things currently football, but soon to be basketball, and then uh, fall your heart after that. So, so she's going to talk to us about that, and we're going to talk about Lobo football, and we're going to talk about what the team is doing, how they are traveling, where they are staying, who they are playing, and if they have to physically fist fight Michelle Lujan Grisham to do any of that.
3: Hmm. They may. I like their chances if they do have to fist fight. I watch her fifty-year-old woman.
2: I watch her social media. And I tell you what, I've never seen her back down to
3: anyone. <laughs> uh,
2: she, she is of a stance to where it is.
3: She, she probably is a fighter, right? Like, she got a little New Mexico in her. She got a little hood in her. She definitely He's has. Like, oh, what did you say? Here, hold my turquoise.
2: <laughs> is that a thing here? Like, where I grew up, like, if you snatch someone's chain, the fight is over. But here in New Mexico, they snatch your turquoise.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Or like, oh, you know you're about to fight, so, oh. Here comes the cufflinks out. Roll them <laughs> sleeves up. But for MLG, it's like she starts taking off all of her copious amounts of turquoise. Yes, yeah, that's
2: called a Santa Feer, mm-hmm. which is the the most white collar of brawling. <laughs> all joking aside, be really safe, guys. Be really safe. Two hundred thirty thousand confirmed COVID nineteen deaths this past up to date. So
3: it's hard to keep that many kids safe. Ooh. You know who wasn't safe? Who's that? The best player in all of college football, oh, friend Sunshine Trevor Lawrence? Sunshine on my GD shoulders, Ugh. Trevor Lawrence. How can you be so good at football and looking? Oh, he's going to do well. Yeah, you don't say. You know what's not doing well right now? His sense of taste and smell. No, no, struggling. Because my- Trevor Lawrence just got the Corvid.
2: Mild symptoms, he said. And we're not. I don't. I don't care much about the football game. I don't care much about Clemson versus Boston College. I don't know where the, if it's the Eagles at home or the Tigers. I have no idea. Are they at a neutral site? Could they be? Yeah, I don't know. Is there? Is there? Did Did Dana White build football island? And they've <laughs> they've both flown out to football island to compete against each other in a winner take all death brawl. I it, don't
3: know. But it's instead of. Uh... Abu Dhabi. It's in the middle of Lake Michigan. Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah, that that would be what Football Island would be.
2: That that one lake where they don't allow cars. It's just drawn carriages. Yeah. What is that called? That's something.
3: Like they just got a pile of trucks. <laughs> the whole island is made out of trucks.
2: What was that, Vital? What's it called? All right. Oh, okay. Well, if Howard's going to join us, we're going to make time, and and hopefully he's got that hot take on why Trevor Lawrence should never play college football again. Welcome to the program, Howard. How are you?
7: I've got a bigger hot take for you guys. You would take a World Series championship? <laughs> if, you know, you would take COVID if you could have a World Series championship?
3: That's I would not. not even Van suit. said he would. I 100% would. If I could be like I mean, you guys are the, missing the guy the who both. closes I would take out Berry game at or game seven or whatever, and you told me I get to close out the game and hoist the trophy with 25 of my best dudes, but then I got COVID? Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah, I, I, I'd still take
7: Halle Berry at 30.
3: <laughs> well, that's not going, a hard decision, my friend. Howard, you're going off the
2: board Halle here, Berry my friend. at 30, and <laughs> I I, I'd I, I an go option, with good COVID, you know? Howard, Howard goes now, down to Blake library. He says, I'm going go off the menu, boys.
7: <laughs> yep, there you go. I'm going way off the menu. Hey, guys, you know, so this, this call is about to turn very mediocre because I'm going to talk about my Dallas Cowboys, okay? Oh,
2: can't wait. New quarterback this week.
7: Yeah, Brian Genucci, the Italian Stallion. You know.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you can't give yourself your own nickname, but yes, I do know.
7: Well, you know, way, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give him the moniker the Italian Stallion. Maybe, maybe, let's ask Vitel. Maybe he can get the fix in on the game this week. You know. <laughs> get a hold of the, hey, Make a couple know, calls. Get a hold guy. of some guys. Get a hold of some family Vitel and see what we can do about getting the game right, huh? Hey, Howard, do
2: me a so, favor. Name the last James Madison quarterback to make that real big splash in the NFL.
7: Um, might have been James Madison himself.
2: <laughs>
7: <laughs> no, but you, anyhow. Your boys got a
2: chance. It's a little matchup you of know this upcoming week. Go because ahead. Take on the Miami Dolphins. You got a big prediction, Howard? How, you think the Cowboys are going to be able to pull this one out?
7: Yes, I believe they're going to get off the snide this week, and I think they're going to win by three. Oh, they'll, uh, you know, they're they're one-point dogs, but they'll beat the spread. It's going to be under this week because both of them are pathetic. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just think the Cowboys have got to either find a way to start salvaging this weekend and, and salvaging this year and, and get a win this weekend. You know, now they've become the great quitters, in my opinion, which I'm going to, you know, segue into your guys' competition coming up next week. You know, if you guys dig down deep, if you guys find yourself a little behind, you know, maybe a you know, a little more than halfway behind in the competition or whatever. Do what every uh, good cowboy football player does. Nah, just quit. Screw it. You can play next week, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. I thought you were gonna make a Tanya Harding joke. That's there. what I thought we yeah, were going with there. I Tanya well, Harding. there you know, you could do that too. And you know, I wanna let you guys know. I I'm gonna be calling in every Saturday from now on. Your eight to eleven slot works really good for me. Because I can get my boys and get them off to work, and sit here at my desk and enjoy your show. And I do enjoy your show. But let me tell you, my Saturday night intoxication depends on me making a phone call to you guys every Saturday morning. Because Vitel said that I need to call and say nice things about him, and it'll be worth a 12-pack to him every Saturday. So, so smart. You know. so, so, so for the man. listener,
2: tune in every Saturday for Howard's money, because <laughs> he's betting it on the Cowboys, and I am not. <laughs>
7: nope.
2: Howard, thank you so yeah. very much for your time this morning, friend. We appreciate your fandom and being a friend of the show. Take care, guys. Good dude. Thanks, Howard. Good dude. I uh, Cowboys though. They're not even going to beat the spread, friend. <laughs> I mean, Miami coming <laughs> up a bye. There's ah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say cool cuz I know there's a lot of like Laker, Dodger, Cowboy fans for some reason. That's like a holy trinity of fandom here in Albuquerque. So I know, like, you guys are all on a high right now. Sure. And you think you're going about to see a redemption story, but you're not. Nah. This Cowboys team's in trouble.
3: Yeah, it all started early, even before Dak. Like, it started early yeah. in the year with the offensive line, like a couple big key figures in the offensive line getting hurt. And that's their bread and butter, having Correct. the best offensive line in football, and just pounding the ball with Zeke. And then everyone focuses on Zeke. Boom, here comes Dak over the top. Now you don't have an offensive line. Or a quarterback with a functioning foot.
2: And their best wide receiver plays for Baltimore. <laughs> so
3: that doesn't even make sense.
2: Uh, we Just real quick, I want to put a bow on it before we get to the top of the hour and bring Izzy Gonzalez in. Trevor Lawrence, should he play college football again? No. No. Just quit. You're good. Just quit, right? Yeah. You, you already got the COVID. You have to miss 10 games or 10, 10 days, which yeah. is going to end up being two games. Two games. And Clemson will try to get clever and say, Actually, we got the results on Tuesday, but we only said something publicly on Friday. We all know you're lying. We right. all know you're lying.
3: We all know you, you gotta... can't. You can't backdate COVID like a sprained ankle. No. So he has to stay. He didn't have to stay on the IR as long. And it's and not how it works.
2: It doesn't work like that at all. Like, and it's and the thing that's so interesting about this is like, why would you, if you're Trevor Lawrence, even put like any sort of credence to that world where you're like, you are no longer a college football player. You were a number one draft pick. Right. Yeah, congratulations as the Jets trade away Sam Darnold to draft you first overall, because that's what's going to happen.
3: Totally. Put him in New York. He's the next Joe, name He could have, like, a new form of COVID, and you're going to draft him first. Yes! He could be, like, patient zero on the second wave. Like, he's got the new, worse Corvid instead of this first-round great-value Corvid. That's a good example of of a poor
2: (laughs) Corvid. But the the idea to me that he needs – that he needs to go back and play one more college game only exists if you are willing to take out like the biggest insurance policy in the history of insurance policies. Like, let's just look at his friend Dak Shepherd, the, uh, or, uh, Dex Dex Shepard, the or not Dak Shepard, Dex, uh, who by the way, <laughs> striking resemblance to your boy. It's, yeah, but uh, yeah, Dak uh, Prescott, the quarterback for the the Cowboys, ex quarterback, ex quarterback, because yeah. literally anything can happen. Sure. Literally at any time. Yeah, yeah. So hey, sit this one out and then take out that insurance claim because if 2021 doesn't host a football season, i don't know, cash that check then. Because you you don't want to put yourself in a in a way to where you cannot play again. And that's what I think this is. That's what this season is. Guys don't get redshirted. There's weird rules. If you if you don't play games, they don't count as losses. They count as no contest. Like what is going on in college football?
3: Yeah, I got a Shyamalan twist for you here, Fredo. Okay. Trevor Lawrence doesn't have COVID.
2: We're going to break. When we get back, Izzy Gonzalez will join us. We're going to talk Lobos for the next hour. Cannot wait. Dave and Buster's. Can't wait. ABQ Central live from the ABQX studio, powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I nine, and we're getting strong with the Ball Strong ninety five point nine FM AM six ten, the Sports Animal.
0: You're listening to ABQ Central.
1: Well, to be fair. To be fair.
0: To be fair. 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 With your hosts, Van Nunley and Fred Slow. <laughs> All right, this is going to be so good. 95.9 FM, 610 The Sports Animal. The
5: cream of the crop.
0: And TalkABQ.com. Turn it
8: up. Turn it up.
2: Okay. Izzy Gonzalez is joining us for the first time of what's going to be many times. Izzy Gonzalez is a star contributor to The Layer in M. If you're not familiar with The Layer, it is top. It's the top, right, man? Yeah. It's the top Lobo forum that you can find just period on the internet. Good morning, Izzy. How are you?
9: Good morning. I'm good. How are you
2: guys? Aw. Doing good. Aww. Izzy has joined the program before via contributor when asking about the Lobos, but Izzy moving forward is going to be the – Wait. So you're you're the beat reporter. You're our inside guy. You are you are everything that is Lobos in the world of, of Cherry and Silver.
9: Yes, and I specialize in basketball, but I do a little bit of everything Lobo related.
2: There's no basketball yet. There will be basketball.
9: Hopefully, yes. <laughs> and,
2: we, and we will get to that when we get to that. Uh, but a little bit, tell the listener maybe if they're not familiar with you, where may or me? Excuse me, maybe where they have seen you, and maybe what you do in the community that shares like Lobo information and sports knowledge.
9: So I'm a multimedia sports journalist. Uh, I mostly focus on writing, but I've done a lot of different things. So some TV stuff, some radio things, just as a guest. Um, I focus on basketball right now, college basketball and some NBA. But I've done football, NASCAR, uh, soccer. I used to have a soccer show at UNM, actually. So you've probably seen me around a lot just if you go to games. You've probably seen me walking around the sideline or just the court. And yeah, I I write a lot for the lair, of course. Like, that's my main job. Um, But I also write for USA Today's Mountain West Wire. I just did some NBA stuff for them. I was focusing on former uh, Mountain West players that are now in the NBA. And I am gonna be starting some stuff with Mid-Major Madness, that's uh, SB Nation. Gonna be doing just overall college basketball. So yeah, lots of content coming up.
3: So you're the basketball insider, not just for the Lobos, for you got your finger on the pulse of everything basketball. Where did your love of basketball come from?
9: UNM, actually. Um, I was born in Mexico, so it's not really a country that's known for basketball. Wait, kind of Mexico soccer. the
2: country or Mexico the city?
9: Uh, both. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. Oh, gosh.
9: <laughs> yeah. So, very Mexican. Um, I My dad used to love sports, just or he, he still does. Uh, he watches a lot of football and soccer, but UNM is known for basketball, of course. And he got tickets once to go, and our whole family went. I decided it was really cool, and once I started college, I was like, hey, you know what? I want to get involved, and how much more involved can I get if I go to those games and stuff? At that point, I didn't know I was going to be covering them. I just wanted to go to games and, you know, be part of, like, the American life.
2: So Izzy is going to be bringing us all of the, like, Lobo, Insider, Beat knowledge. Before you got into Beat reporting, your expectation of it to what it actually is. What is the difference in
3: that?
9: I don't think I had any expectations, to be honest. Um, I never really thought I was going to go into sports journalism. I went to college because I wanted to do more media stuff, or or more video stuff. I wanted to do either commercials or short films, just producing and directing, but my first internship was with the Mountain West Network and um, Lobo TV, and you know, that's sports related. So I was like, okay, well, this is not too bad, but I used to have to be like the main camera, which is at the very top for soccer games. You can't see anything. You just see like little dots running around chasing another little dot. So I started working with the Daily Lobo just to kind of like get down there and like do some cool videos because I figured that would be good for my portfolio. And they assign you a beat. I had no idea what really that meant. Just go to games (laughs) and go to practices and that's it. But yeah, I had no expectations. It just happened and I love it right now. That's that's my favorite because you can really do Stories that are a little bit more than just the surface. You know, you can talk about players and coaches as people.
3: So you're gorgeous, by the way, but you look really good right now because you're wearing a Friend of the Show t-shirt. Oh, my gosh. She came strapped with ABQ Central apparel on. Good job. So we will definitely share that on our social media. Everything's at
2: TalkABQ that we do. But your social media, Izzy, what is that?
9: Uh, so my Twitter is C G. And my Instagram, I believe it's g.
2: and we will definitely share that from from everything that we have so if you were if you were sure. dialed into us digitally, you will now be dialed into Izzy equally and perhaps more because you're a way bigger lobo fan than I am
3: yeah and she's so much more good looking and talented and friendly Capable, and personal intelligent, and intelligent and nice. yeah articulate yeah, speaks
2: yeah. Spanish yeah. You said you do a lot of reporting obviously on the team, but you've done stories outside of the team that are team based. Do you have any maybe like highlights of like fun or maybe like important stories you've done based around the team that have made an impact on you? Like maybe have you been able to to tell anything that you thought wouldn't hit you as hard as it did.
9: Um nothing like too deeply emotional. Um but I do love doing features and my features are usually not just about like what a player is doing at the moment and just you know how good he is. I like talking about their hobbies and just really who they are as a person. So Carlton Bragg, I mean he was in trouble last year um, but I had done a story on him about just how many hobbies he has and how cool of a person he is. He plays the piano, he has a son, he loves roller skating. So to me that's really impactful just to get to know people who Maybe are not seen in a lot of different ways, just maybe one way like, oh, he's a good player and you know he might be a troublemaker or something. but you know people don't really know like maybe he's not a bad guy, maybe he's just like a normal 20 something year old. Um, one of my favorite stories was Andy Katz. So I got to talk to him and just interview him on kind of how he got to where he, he's mm-hmm. at. And that was awesome for me because that's kind of the path I want to do. He does a lot of, of course, college basketball. And he told me how he got his job and like the whole process, which was a pretty cool story. But he also started covering the Lobos for like his first four years, and then he covered Fresno. So I, that was kind of cool because he was about my age when he started doing the Lobos, and I was like, hey, you know, he could do it. Maybe I could do it too.
2: The first full disclosure: the first article I ever read, Van from Izzy, and it was on thelayeringin.com, was a article you did on uh, Susan Berg. Yeah, and she was the the quote unquote crazy Lobo lady. Like, yeah. and that to me was like, here's that connection. Here's like telling like stories of not just the team, but of like the fans and the community. And I was like, I was like, this is the approach to me that is, I don't know, so important and strong. And specifically at the time, I don't think there were sports. I think it was like mid June or early June, wherever you wrote this. So it was it was being able to I don't know connect with the audience because people still want to know what's going on the team and they still want to know what's going on the fans because if you don't have games you don't necessarily know like what's happening in that community so can you talk a little bit about like the Lobo community and what is so passionate about it
9: yeah so when I first came into the lair um, I knew what the lair was and I was pretty excited about it because of course they know a lot about sports but they are very community centered Um, everyone there in the forum they all kind of know each other at least in some way even if, if it's just through the forum and I was honestly nervous. I was like, oh man, it's like a little family. I hope they take me in and they like me. Uh, and they, yeah, they were super nice. Everyone is really awesome. They, we have a lair tailgate before the Cherry and Silver event every single year. And that's when everyone kind of gets to see each other. And of course we will see each other during games. But yeah, I, I love that community. And with Susan's story, actually that was a very emotional one for me. Um, I, I did a story on her. Uh... I think it was last year, like, sometime in the fall or, like, winter. And it was just kind of like her story, you know, Mm -hmm. when everyone was donating for her cause. And I published the story in March, so when the Lobos were were playing. It It was right after they had lost, actually. I was sitting just outside on a table writing the story in Las Vegas, and I was crying, actually. I was holding back tears because she is just so passionate, and she really represents what Lobo fans are. They just give love to each other and they're there for each other and that was susan for sure
3: Aww. albuquerque you are so very welcome we got isabel gonzalez lobo insider beat reporter for the lobos in the lair um you're going to be joining us going forward you're going to be doing an hour with us every saturday how exciting is that
9: that is very exciting i've done a couple radio appearances before but I've never done, like, a full hour, and especially with guys like you, you know? You told me I was going to be one of the boys, and I'm ready for that.
3: Sweet. Yeah. I like that attitude.
2: And also, whenever we hear that phrase, guys like you, that's never a compliment. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. when Van and I are out, and it's like, oh,
3: guys like you. you guys oh, I've worst. met guys like <laughs> he, you. Yeah. Yeah. We saw Roadhouse. Yeah. And you, we, you we actually said it with a... A positive connotation, yeah. Vigor. I really appreciate. Yes, that. thank you.
9: I mean, I haven't known you for that long, but so far you're pretty
3: cool. <laughs> All right. So, so huge we, endorsement from the youth.
9: So,
3: <laughs> so, moving forward,
2: Izzy Gonzalez will be joining us weekly until at least the new year. I mean, that's kind of our plan, and and we're going to talk every single week about Lobos. We're going to do a little feature piece on what's going on with the team proper. So that'd be between the lines or on the court. And then we're also going to do a, a little bit of a, a deep dive and insight into the team itself or the players or the personalities that surround it. And Izzy is going to
3: lead the way on that. So we're going to have a lot of fun with you, Izzy. So loyal listener and ABQ Central fan, you're welcome. We were listening to you. We're doing more Lobo coverage in our expanded hour. For you too, Vital.
2: Yeah, for you, Vital. This is what you need. Oh, yeah, she does a great job. So, yeah,
7: I'll get my Lobo fixed by tuning in.
2: We're going to grab a break. When we get back, Izzy's going to help us uh, break down the week that was Lobos football, and then we're going to preview uh, the big game today and what the boys are doing. Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central live from the ABQX studio powered by New Mexico Pinon. We play on Team I-9. We're getting stronger. The ball strong. 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. The NFL
5: plays here. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal.
8: Yeah, we're going to be really rusty. We're going to look like a. We're going to look like a. I mean, it'll be interesting. And everybody, every football game. If you watch those football games last Saturday, I mean, there's a bunch of guys that the ta- the tackling is sloppy. Um, offensively, I mean, you see a lot of false starts until they get into the flow of the game. I I anticipate seeing all those things. And when my uh, last year at Arizona State, we did not scrimmage one live rep uh, before we played Kent State not one. And for a guy like me, that was, that was absolutely just nerve wracking and, and bonkers. And, and coach Edwards was like, man, they're going to be fine. Uh, I tried to convince him that in the NFL, you get to play preseason games. And I got a phone call this year. said, Hey coach, there ain't no preseason games. You think the NFL teams are, are scrimmaging. So, uh, well, not my philosophy, but we've made do, I've had to do it in the past. And it's a, but it'll be sloppy. It, there'll be some sloppy play. And, and, Hopefully we get to the midway through the second quarter and we get a feel for for doing some of those things and it'll get better as the game goes on. And then hopefully by game two uh, at Hawaii, you should see your, your most improvement between game one and game two. Um, because of the COVID stuff, it might be game three, game four, but you'll, you'll definitely see a rusty football team.
2: Blair... New Mexico the layer dot is bringing you Izzy Gonzalez. And as she joins us, we are speaking about the Lobos Rise and Shine Lobo Nation. Your boys are playing at San Diego State today. 5 p.m. fan. It's a 5 p.m. start. Pre games at four. Fox sports. Fox sports. It's also on the seven seventy. Did you know about how? Seven seventy. Simulcast. Simulcast. So if you so if you're not a TV guy, you're a radio guy catch friend of the show friend in real life rob portnoy
3: the best in the biz
2: as he brings you all the action izzy we were just listening to coach gonzalez he's talking about the boys this past week and and their preparation for this upcoming week and and obviously a lot of fluidity you've been dialed into every press conference you you do your absolute best to investigate this team to the fullest tell us a little bit what's going on with the lobos and what's going on with this game today
9: so first of all you heard that clip uh gonzalez doesn't sugarcoat anything no and rocky long doesn't sugarcoat anything and that's kind of cool. Press conferences are really fun because you get real answers. He tells you, like you like said, he knows the team's not going to be playing their best right away. They're, they're going to take some time and that's going to be really good for them. Um, Gonzalez said that he's all about tradition and history and he expects the guys to care about UNM as much as UNM cares about them. So that's going to be a whole different thing. He quizzes players during practice or during team meetings. He, he just picks on someone. He's like, hey, you're going to sing the fight song today. Do you know it? So things like that are really going to change just the overall culture of the team, I think. And he also just, he's tough. Um, you can't be late to practice. Tavaka was too late, uh, two minutes late for a medical thing months, months ago. And because of those two minutes, he was sent to like the second team for months. And now he's a certain quarterback, but you know he's serious about things. And that's going to make a big difference.
3: So a little more on Danny Gonzalez, new Lobo coach. Danny Gonzalez, local guy from here, trained here, Uh, got that hometown feel. You love bringing a guy like that to your football team. It was a rough year last year for Lobos, and it's a rough year especially in the locker room. As opposed to, to Davies last year, you think Gonzalez has a better hold of the locker room? And what's the vibe there?
9: I do think he does. Um, for me, the way I see it is it's just like a new start. So a new coaching staff and, of course, Gonzalez and Rocky Long, they're just known for being strong and, you know, like, like I said, not sugarcoating anything. So they're very straightforward with the guys. Something like that, recess, something like that. And he said, yeah, at first they're shocked. You know, they have this face where it's like, whoa, did he really just say that to me? But now they're used to it, and I think they appreciate it because they know they're going to be – playing better, and just being better people overall.
2: As we're looking at the matchup today versus San Jose State, uh, San Jose State, who I believe played Air Force last week, I want to make sure I get that right, um, didn't look like world beaters by any means. They, they didn't look like, although winning the game, they didn't look like they could match up with some of the better teams in the country. Um, I think the Lobos today, and by the way, I'm not like a huge Lobo fandom. Like I'm, I am a biased fan when it comes to college football, but this coaching staff is really good. Like, we have good core young players that I think have explosion in them. Um, can you talk about the combination, Lizzie, of, like, Gonzalez and Long? And just maybe, like, aside from, like, the regiment and stuff you've gone over, but just, like, how they're exciting, these young men.
9: Yeah, um, so Rocky was pretty much, you know, he, he thought Gonzalez a lot of what he knows. Mm-hmm. And that combination, I think it's really, really good. That defense is going to be looking really good. Um, and Rocky talked about, like letting Gonzalez do the main the main stuff of course he was like i'm not here to be a head coach i'm just here to support him and he's happy about that he's you know contributing to the team in his own way without having to do all the stuff that head coaches do so that that's a really really nice combination there with two really strong figures who are obviously good leaders and that's what they're trying to do with the team they're trying to make those guys leaders as well
3: so coach Gonzalez and coach long are both hard-headed defensive guys And they've preached toughness over and over and over again. Can you talk about like the culture of tough that's trying to go on there? And you know, how hard do you think it is for them not to be able to smash together and have really hard full pad practices because of the COVID limitations?
9: So I I did ask Gonzalez about this because every press conference he talks about how he wants this team to be very physical, playing mean, nasty football because that's the type of game football is. And I asked him, well, now that you're practicing in small groups, how do you get that to happen? How do you play physical football with only, like, five players at a time? And he said it's a mental thing. He said you're not naturally going to be that rough and that nasty. Um, You just have to be mentally prepared for it. So that's, that's what he's doing right now. He made this little joke about, like, Fight Club. He was like, you know, if I could, I would just put two guys in a room and see who comes out. But obviously a joke, but that's the kind of attitude he has. It just... No excuses. You're just going to go out and do it.
2: You would expect a team like the Lobos, which are headed by two such defensive-minded coaches, um, obviously Gonzalez Proper and then Long in support, that they're going to run the rock, that they're going to keep it on the ground and they're going to do some stuff. And the San Jose team, I think, gave up over 200 yards rushing to Air Force last week, and obviously they run a non-traditional running offense. But do you expect to see like a big ground attack today? Do you expect to see it spread out a little bit? Like, What do you think the Lobos are going to do on offense is he to, to put them over the top against the hated San Jose State?
9: So a lot of it is going to come down to Tabaka, to Yori. Um I think he can perform really well. I think he has a, he's had a lot of potential the last couple of years, but of course it, there's been a lot of injuries, and I, I don't truly really know what to expect, to be honest with you, because this is a whole new coaching staff. It's a new team. That's, that's what it feels like, and we don't have any preseason games or I haven't even gone to practice to really see what's going on there. So it, it's going to be as fun for me as it is for you to just figure out how this is all going to go.
2: How are you going to take the game in? <laughs> I'm
9: just going to watch it and see what <laughs> happens.
2: Is it is like furiously you're taking notes the entire time? Is it, is it work for you, the entire experience?
9: Yes. So every time I watch a game that I'm covering, um, I'll do a lot of light tweeting on the Lair's Twitter. But I also take a lot of notes for my own, just notes for the week. So if I have to talk about it later and I'll do a recap after the game. So, yeah, during the game, I'm watching, I'm taking notes of, like, what I saw, I'm taking photos or, like, little videos of things that are happening. And, yeah, it's a lot of work. It's not, it's it's fun, but it's fun in a different way. I can't just watch as a regular fan. If you watch me watch any sporting thing that I'm not covering, I'll still pull out my phone and have, like, the box score there just because I'm so used to having that.
3: That sounds exhausting. It is. (laughs) Usually just, like... A beer and a bratwurst. Yes, it's like I can't take notes on this bratwurst and beer. Got, got both my hands full right now. <laughs> I'll remember it. I'll remember it <laughs> yeah. for sure.
9: Well, see, I think I'm just so used to it that when you when you're hearing like the analyst talk on TV, I'm like, oh, that's great. Like I should make a note of that because that's an interesting mm-hmm. fact. And yeah, I sometimes I just need to remind myself that I'm just watching as a fan. Like when it comes to other sports, and just relax.
2: The Layer in New Mexico is bringing you Izzy Gonzalez in a partnership with the program friend of the show the layer new mexico the layer com. i want to talk a little bit about eddie nunez and kind of the hoops he's had to jump through to get this to even happen obviously the cultural climate is very difficult right now the political climate is very difficult do you have any sort of insight or any sort of exposure to what's been going on as far as those type of decision makers do you have any idea of the work that's being put in to make sure football is even played
9: so i really Like, I'm glad I'm not in his shoes. Eddie Nunez has a really tough job. Um, Right now, actually, so yesterday the news broke out that the team is going to be in Las Vegas next week. Um, They are planning to come back on Sunday because the whole team is not traveling. Uh, And on Monday, they are going to be traveling to Las Vegas just to practice and get ready for Hawaii, which is the following game. So that's a decision, of course, Eddie had to talk to the UNM president about. And it it was a tough one, I'm sure, because he had to just wait and see what was going to happen here to see if maybe the Lobos could not have to quarantine when coming back from California. Maybe they could just show the test, which are, you know, like part of the Mountain West Conference, and they do them pretty often. So Eddie had to kind of wait and see, like, hey, do we do this now? Do we wait? And yeah, tough decision for him for sure. But I think he's doing the best he can. I think we all are.
2: And with the Lobos, I don't know if you're aware, Van, the Lobos play Nevada. And you don't want to look ahead, right? That's not you don't want to look past someone.
3: Yeah, they got a pretty big uh, game today. Yeah, uphill battle already today. So you got
2: to get the big W today. But then they're going to stay not in New Mexico, right? They're going to stay in Vegas? Question mark.
9: Yeah, and they're not going to be interacting with the Las Vegas um, football team, but they are going to be there and. That way, I feel like, you know, maybe it will be easier for them because they'll be able to practice a little bit more instead of having all the restrictions here. And they won't have to worry about, hey, are we going to come back and are they going to lock us in for two weeks for quarantine?
3: I think they're going to catch a show in Vegas, maybe a little Cirque du Soleil. Oh, I doubt I mean, it. Blue, um, Blue Man Group. Is take that what you, th- you think Take the boys, be? take the kids to the casino, have some fun.
9: Maybe once or twice. <laughs> no, no, no. Gonzalez is very tough with that stuff. Um, the guys are in their own little bubble. They get their food and they go back to the room. They're not allowed to really do a lot of hangout. They're not allowed to go to restaurants. So no, there's not gonna be any shows for that. I, big
2: I is. feel. I feel like right now a Siegfried and Roy show would have a socially distanced audience. It's not like Siegfried alone is drawing. Or wait, Roy alone.
3: I think. Wait, they, w- one of them. One of them is not there. One you of them's wh- not there. One of them and one of their tigers is not with us anymore. Oh, R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. That R.I.P. one tiger.
2: There would have been a resurgence too, with with Tiger King. There would have been a resurgence, right. yeah. in the Vegas world, that world of Tiger Entertainment. I
3: think when Joe Exotic like tried to call himself Tiger King, Siegfried and Roy were just like, pfft. Pfft.
2: "No, we already okay." Called, yeah,
3: called it. I mean, Tiger Queens maybe, but I
2: called mean, it. We are grabbing a break. Uh, we're going to have more Lobo Talk, but before we do, we're going to have a little bit of fun with Izzy whenever we come back uh, at the 9.30 hour because we're going to do we're gonna do a fun sports Halloween. We're going to do a fun sports Halloween segment. Ooh. We're going to talk about our favorite sports Halloween costumes. You ready for this, Izzy?
9: I am so ready for Let this.
2: Let your personality shine, girl. Dave & Busters presents ABQ Central live from the ABQX studio powered by New Mexico Pinon. We play on Team I-9. We're getting strong with Evolve Strong. 95.9 FM, AM610, the sports animal. Take us with you anywhere. Download the KNML app in the iTunes or Google Play. 95.9 FM and AM610,
5: the sports animal.
2: We're having a lot of fun in the new time slot this morning, 8 to 11. Your boys have made the move. A
3: little upgrade, a little upgrade. Yeah, 505 246 0610. New loyal listeners in between 9 and 11, welcome to ABQ Central. What's up Albuquerque?
2: We obviously lead into on the mic with Mike Adams and Mike Frankel, which is fun cuz you have 5 hours of continuous local sports talk programming. Mm. Then take a little take a siesta, wake up, go
3: to 7:70, listen to the Lobos play. That's a good day. That's a good day. I ain't mad at that.
2: Happy Halloween, boys. Happy Halloween. Izzy Gonzalez is joining us. I'm going to keep saying her name until you guys learn it. She's going to be joining the program regularly moving forward until she gets tired of it.
3: Oh, so she'll be here two weeks. Correct. All right.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. Like every woman who comes into my life, Izzy. Well,
9: I think I have a contract until January, so I can't
2: really. Izzy Gonzalez, uh, we're talking Lobo. We've been talking Lobo all morning. But we're going to take the quickest little break. And we are going to talk about, because it's Halloween. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't feel like Halloween. 2020.
3: Old Uncle Corvid comes in, wreck shop. Come on, man. Let us at least have Halloween. I like that you said, uh, come on, man, because that is going
2: to be part yeah. of my <laughs> Halloween discussion. So we thought, and it's not a varsity by any means, but we wanted to give Izzy a chance, a little softball. We're going to have a little a little fun with it. So Izzy, we wanted to talk about what are the best like sports-themed Halloween costumes? Like, what are the best, like, in your opinion... Sports themed, themed Halloween costumes. Uh, Is it you? Is it Van? Like, who's gonna? Who wants to take the lead on this one?
9: I think Van should start because he sent us a really good one yesterday.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'll. I just. It's so funny that you mentioned, like, sports themed Halloween costumes. Yes. Because like, ten minutes before we were talking about that, one of my friends sends me a picture of this couple dressing up for Halloween and they're Dodgers fans. Okay. And so the girl, uh, short little Hispanic thing. He's dressing up like Jose Altuve, has like a little penciled on beard and got the eye black. And then the boyfriend is dressed up as a trash can with an asterisk on it. Smart. And I thought that's really good. That's a really good one. We'll put it up on our social media at TalkABQ.
2: So I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction. I'm going to go with like body type specific. So I think I love when like a big fat guy is like Andy Reid. Sure. I love when a big fat guy is like Rex Ryan. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Like, this to me is a good. So what's, uh, what's your costume?
3: I'm not sure. Is it Andy Reid or a <laughs> walrus in a red shirt? I'm can not you, sure. Yeah.
2: Can you give a little insight there, guy? Can you uh, can you let us know?
9: So I'm going in an even more, like, different direction. Um. <laughs> I couldn't think of, like, a good, like, a funny, clever sports costume that wasn't, like, what you guys already shared. (laughs) But I was looking up, like, cool Halloween costumes that, like, athletes have worn. And I really, really like when Steve Curry, I think this was in 2017, when he showed up in the Jigsaw costume. Um, He was in a little bike, and he was just going through, like, the entrance. Yeah,
2: that was fire. He was on a a tricycle, if I remember. Yeah, a little
9: tricycle, like a mini, mini thing.
2: There is something a lot of fun when, like, because I know he also did, like, the Toy Story one with his family, where it was, like, he and then, like, the wife was, like, Bo Peep or whatever, and then the kids played out. Like, that's clever. Like, if you're, like, do that. Like, I I love that. Do I love it as much as if you're, like, I don't know, John Gruden and you're going as Chucky? Yeah. Like, that one, to me, is maybe just, like, slightly better.
3: That's really good. Yes, but like, like no those Chucky are, as John Gruden or John Gruden as Chucky. Uh, strike that. Reverse hit. Okay. it. I don't think either it matters. either one's good. <laughs> yeah. So
2: <laughs> all these sporting events with a sign that just says John three sixteen, and then he would be everywhere. Like you can Marlins man would be a good one. Yeah. You could go as Marlins man. Like those are good. Like fandom based, like Halloween costumes.
9: I think I saw a little kid dressed up as Paul Weir once. He was wearing <laughs> that red sweater.
2: That's super. Good. That's super that's good. 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 Um, I for like little kids, there's like specific ones too. Like if you put like a like like your little daughter in like a Rockford Peach like outfit? Oh gosh. Like I'm super that's adorable. That's a really good one.
3: Yeah, you put like your twin kids in like the Bring It On cheerleading outfits? See Izzy, that's from a movie from this long ago era called the 90s. Familiar with that? Yeah. A League of Their Own. A League of Their Own. You got to check it out.
4: I've heard about it, I haven't
2: seen it. <laughs> oh gosh. We, all right. So what we're going to do is we're going to start a running list of things that Izzy needs. And I'm going to put a white, I'm going to put like a white erase board right next to me on the wall.
3: Yeah. Okay. Num- number one, white men can't jump. Yes. <laughs> number two, a league of their own. What else we got?
2: These are all super brilliant. These are all exactly what we need. So, what would, like, I went in 2003, I went as Bartman.
3: Oh, that's good. Yeah.
2: I thought Bartman was a really clever one. Bartman to me was about as good of a costume as we could get. Um, and then finally, like, I like, like, we were just talking about the Rockford Peaches and then the ones from um, the Will Ferrell movie. What is that? Um, the Flint Tropics. Ah, like, yes. If you can get all the boys together and do like a theme, like, did you see Dodgeball? Yes.
3: Dodgeball's a good one.
2: Yeah. Like, if you go as like the bad guy from Dodgeball, then, then that, like, what was the name of the team? Globo Gym or whatever. Yes. Like, all the, like, anything you can do like a themed Halloween, like sports, I'm in on that too. So unless you guys got, like, other bigger or better ones, that's kind of, like, my full list. My full list is, like, things that kind of revolve around sport but aren't necessarily sport.
9: I think a Space Jam team outfit yeah, would be that's super smart. cool.
2: That's super smart.
3: God, I can't think of Space Jam without regretting that one bet I made. The, when you bet on the
2: Monstars. Yeah. yeah. You know, why would I, you
3: do- <laughs> I took the Monstars and the points. Like, that's a really good bet.
2: It's like it's like you go to the Globetrotters and you bet on the generals, yeah. And you're you're like like, they were due, and you're like that's, no, they're they're not due. That's not that's not a real thing. It's not a real thing at all. No, that's about. I mean, that's as much fun as you can have with that kind of stuff. I also like when um, and it's like when you can sports orient like I don't know, like what's that game from Quidditch from Harry Potter, like when you're like you're like okay, like I'm a nerd, like I'm a full on nerd. But I'm also into sport. Like, I'm in,
3: like, that kind of stuff I super you could love. You cross them over, like, Darth Vader helmet and a Raiders jersey, like that kind of thing.
2: There's also, like, whenever, like, Tom Brady does, like, Vanity Fair and he's only wearing Uggs and you're like, <laughs> and you go as that. Or, like, uh, you know how, like, J.J. Uh, Watt busts his nose open, like, every game? So, like, you're just, like, bleeding nose J.J. Watt. And you're like, like, those ones work for me, too. Like, if you're, like, a, like a super iconic one.
9: So. Yesterday, you said you might dress up today, and I was like, oh my gosh, should I pick an outfit? I almost came as Tom Brady because I have Uggs, and I have like the jerseys. I'm like, that will be so easy. I could do it. But then I changed my mind last minute.
2: It's been super smart. The inflatable sumo wrestler outfit. That Can't one go. never misses. Can't go wrong. Never misses. Van, any final ones before we go to break and come back to talk a little more Lobos? Let's just hurry up and come back here. Having a lot of fun with Izzy this morning as her and Van are going as the Spartan cheerleaders from SNL for <laughs> Halloween tonight. Izzy, I know you're not familiar, so put it on the list. Dave & Buster's presents ABQ Central live from the ABQ Act Studio, powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9. We're getting strong with Evolve Strong. 95.9 FM and AM610D, Sports Animal.
5: Five NFL games every week. This is what we do. More NFL games than anyone else. 95.9 FM and AM610D, Sports Animal.
1: But you know, the first time we played down here, uh, when I was when I was a head coach, it was uh I forget which year I can't think of but but I it, it was so loud um our team was anxious to come out of the visiting locker room and walk down the hallway down the st- down the, the the pit the the slope there as I called it to get on the floor and I kept telling them wait 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 and they're saying why are we waiting why wait and I said we're gonna go right behind the Lobos and they said no they want us to go first I said no we're we're gonna go right behind them they said why I said. Well, I'm not real smart, but I don't think those fans can boo and cheer at the same time. So they're going to be cheering as the love around. We're going to sneak in right behind them, okay? So uh, I'm going to be excited to walk down that ramp uh, and, and walk on the floor. And uh, I won't have to walk as far down the other end of the bench, although I may walk down there and shake Snake's hand and then come back to the bench But uh, when the fans are back in the, in, the, in the pit. But what a neat facility. I mean, uh, amazing, amazing facility, and I'm, a, I'm really looking forward to it.
2: We're back on the program and we are hanging out with Izzy Gonzalez as we are talking Lobos, which we have for the last hour. That clip, Izzy, tell us what's going on with Lobo basketball. Tell us, tell us what's new in the world of hoops.
9: So that was Dave Polipovich. He is the newest staff member for the Lobos men's basketball team. Uh, you guys probably recognize him as the former Air Force head coach. So yeah, he's been wearing blue since 2007, and now he's wearing red, which is a pretty big deal. This staff is loaded with former head coaches
2: eight years as the head coach eight years as the head coach of air force 13 years overall i think and uh i mean something crazy man not a winning record but over 100 wins in that in that run in that time span and just a lot of leadership there on the bench and and it's fun that the lobos are are willing to reach out and bring in people that are familiar with the pit or people that are familiar with the program because i think that just breeds like a continuity amongst your players um you were listening to the quote there what was that quote from izzy when was that given
9: um, this was, I believe it was last week, um, and we were just asking him about his experience with New Mexico, just his relationship with Coach Weir, and how he feels about the Lobos. And he's been a Lobo fan for a while, uh, he has a couple of favorite players, he talked about Kendall Williams, um, Tim Williams, Alex Kirk, but his favorite is Hugh Grimwood, and I think that relationship is mutual because we tweeted out that, you know, he had a lot of love for Hugh, and he replied and said, the love is mutual, welcome to Lobo Nation.
3: Sweet,
2: Lenny is joining us. First time caller ever for Izzy. So how very exciting that it's
6: Lenny. Lenny, welcome to the program, friend. Well, then I should be excited that I'm getting to speak to Izzy instead of you, you guys.
2: Yeah, yes, we will. Bonus
6: or <laughs> <laughs> well, vital. Coming. So I don't know. You know, we'll flip coins. But let's let's go first with Trevor Lawrence. Do you pull an Eli Manning if he get drafted by the Jets and force a trade? Or do you take the limelight in New York and hope that they are going to get fire Adam Gates?
3: And then here's take what I chances do: with the I go get a giant fur coat and I channel my inner Joe Namath
6: and oh, I, I was resurrect say the that, Jets franchise. I mean, the, the, actual, uh, the the money he will make in New York just off of hair products. Sure, he'll never have to touch a paycheck.
2: Maybe it's Lawrence. Maybe it's Maybelline. But I <laughs> lived in
6: San Diego when Eli Manning forced the trade. where they ended up with Rivers. And luckily, he doesn't have a father like that that may do that. But unless the Jets make wholesale changes, which they will. In fact, I think right now Adam Gasser's face is the number one Halloween mask right now in New York City. Oh,
2: that's too funny. Oh, man. The, uh, the, <laughs> the, the thing about the Eli Manning situation was Archie Manning. Archie man right. is what put that whole thing into motion. And yeah, but it happened think,
6: twice with San Diego because Vic also forced a trade out of San Diego previous point. to that. Yeah. yeah, that's an excellent point. The
2: The thing that's interesting to me about Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence uh, has a year of eligibility left. So if he sees the Jets sitting at number one, he's like, eh, forget it, guys. I'll just hang out in Clemson. Yeah. <laughs> like, Just give me next year. Yeah, no big
6: deal. But what he has to worry about, again, even though he'll have insurance, is the insurance money that he replaced the money he would make.
2: Lenny, if you are Trevor—excuse me, Izzy—if you are Trevor Lawrence, do you play professional football immediately, or do you say, "Forget it, I don't want to play for the Jets"?
9: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I would probably wait. Honestly, I think the culture in Clemson's really fun. So, yeah, I would. I mean, say, I would
6: try, would try to force the Jets in. Well, here's the and thing: get them a coach. The you Jets want. are going
3: to have the first pick again the year after. <laughs> They're going to suck again no, they, no, no matter No, they
6: won't have their first pick because the, the Jets, they do have a good GM. They have a terrible – they're only keeping Gase so they can go 0-16 and get the number one pick. Ah, There's no chess. other reason to keep Gase. He would have been fired by now.
2: Noted. Yeah, yeah. I, it's hard so, to argue with that. Yeah, yeah sure.
6: So now what? let's go with you having fun talking about food earlier. I want you to type up secret menus at different restaurants. And see some of the stuff you can get here in town on, off the secret menus.
2: I have no idea. I'm not, because I'm so unfamiliar with New Mexican cuisine. Yeah.
6: No, not New Mexican don't... Queens. I'm talking about even if you go to, like, Burger King, Carl's Jr., all of them have secret menus. Yeah.
3: Every, every restaurant. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. You're about but the but you just Pasty. have to
6: tell them it, and they'll make it. They just won't put it on their board. New Mexico, Queen, if you're not taking advantage of it, then that's on you. <laughs> and some I mean and I have a gut to prove why and otherwise. <laughs> when do you think you're you you know, you taking
2: time? You're an outsta- you're an outstanding caller, we're gonna wrap basketball talk. Oh, make sure and one last to thing to do
6: oh. watch tonight. Texas is allowing the first pay per view with fans for boxing tonight.
2: Interesting. Oh, oh they're God, actually no. doing it at name? the Alamo Dome. Nine away games, is that correct? I believe so. I believe so. And it's, so it's not going to start until 1229. So they're going to start on the road. So we have some time for the current climate to settle. We have some time for COVID-19 and everything in that kind of world to, to slow down. Um, is there a chance that everything goes off perfectly and they get to play all 18 games and, every, and everything is wonderful in the world and fans are back in? Absolutely. Is that likely? I don't think so. So as this team's preparing, do you Izzy have any sort of insight on if they're preparing for fans, if they're preparing for a full season, are they going in full full brow or are they taking the efforts to maybe be ready for the unknown?
9: So no fans as of now, mm-hmm. right now they're focusing on just practicing and playing. Um, the non-conference schedule was definitely giving them a lot of trouble because of that MTE rule, but you know, they're figuring out that should almost be ready. And, yeah, practices, they're a little bit rough because you can't really have the whole team there. Uh, They used to do small groups, and now, well, they might be back to small groups, but then they divided it into two. So then you would have half the team practicing and then the other half practicing later, which the coaching staff obviously wasn't ideal, but it was kind of good because then the players got a little bit more one-on-one attention, which is helpful for such a young roster right now.
2: If the opportunity comes that I can go back to the pit and take in a game and it's socially distanced and it's safe, I would take advantage of that. If it can't be done and I only have to like watch from afar, like, like TV or whatever, the thing to me that will stand out the most, which I thought stood out the most with the NBA, is just being able to like hear the players communicate and hear the coaching staff go to these kids. Do you think there's going to be a gigantic difference in the way that you appreciate like these young athletes and what coaches do with them if the game is presented in a way to where you have a little more insight than what you normally have when viewing it
9: yeah I think so like even the game itself the NBA it it was kind of easier for them to shoot better because there wasn't like all the distraction of the actual crowd there um but yeah experience wise it would be cool if New Mexico got to do a lot more things with fans um, we have asked them if they are going to try to do like the cutouts or anything like that. We haven't really like gotten an answer yet. I don't know if they're really planning on that, <laughs> but that would be cool. Like I think a lot of Lobo fans would just want to see their image there on TV.
2: I know that was a fun thing the United did this past season, man. Yeah, we, yeah when we went to Colorado, or excuse me, Colorado State, we went to Colorado Springs with the United for their home game. That was an away game. Um, they had also brought all their cardboard cutouts alongside. 750 screaming fans so that was a uh, kind of a fun unique experience uh anything izzy before we let you go this week uh on the basketball team or the football team that we might have missed any highlights or or low lights that we maybe need to know about before the game tonight or what to look forward to with basketball
9: so basketball just look forward to like a really good staff um i think all of these guys have a lot of experience and with pilafovich just being so well versed on the conference that's gonna be fun because he knows a lot of those opponents that Lowe's are gonna be seeing so yeah, just watch out for that.
2: Bringing it back to the Layer NM, the Layer in New Mexico, which is allowing Izzy to be with us to check out what you're doing.
9: Well, they should really check it every day if they really want to. Like, if you're really a Lobo fan, we do have a forum where people just talk about whatever they see that day. So it's not just me. It's not just, like, the staff there putting stuff there. Anyone can put in the forum. Like, if you see... Something that a former Lobo did. You can go put it there and start your own conversation, which is a really fun part. That's why it's a community, because you can talk about whatever, really. Sometimes we do off-topic things like, hey, what's your favorite New Mexican food? And then everyone rushes in, and they, they give a good recommendation. So go every day or a couple times a week. It'll be a fun place.
2: Van, what's your favorite New Mexican food? All of it. Oh, all subs, burritos, is that what you <laughs> said? <laughs> uh, uh,
3: I am very partial to all subs, burritos. Oh, I sh- should say was... Now that I am plant-based,
2: the layer in I have the forum up now. The last, the last post was one minute ago. So that shows you how active the layer is. Izzy Gonzalez. Thank you so very much for your time this morning.
9: Thank you, guys. I look forward to working with you.
2: Oh, we had a lot of fun with her. No us. Uh, we are just a few short minutes away from the uh, Director of Communications for the Secretary of State, Alex Curtis, joining us, and we're going to talk about voting this upcoming Tuesday. Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central live from the ABQ Act studio. Powered by New Mexico, Pinion. we play on Team I-9. We're getting strong with Evolve Strong, 95.9 FM, AM 610, D sports animal. <laughs>
0: You're listening to ABQ Central.
1: Well, to be fair. To be fair.
0: To be fair. 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 With your hosts, Van Nunley and Fred Slow. <laughs> All right, this is going to be so good. Cool. 95.9 FM, 610 The Sports Animal. The cream of the crop. And TalkABQ.com.
8: Turn it up. Turn it up.
2: 10 a.m. here in New Mexico. And you're hearing your voice for the first time on a Saturday as we recently made the transition from 7 to 9 a.m. We're now 8 to 11 every single Saturday, Van. You said had to. We had to.
3: It's our pleasure it, to. But we had to because it was the demand of the listener. The people want more. They wanted more. They and said, they don't want it from 7 to 8. No. They, they said, want we, it from 8 to 11.
2: We don't want to wake up for that, they said, but we'll stick around if you're already there. <laughs> It's like the, it's like the end of the it's like at the end of the night when you're at the bar and they're like okay you're good enough now. <laughs> Joining us on the program this morning is the director of communication for the Secretary of State, Alex Curtis, is taking some time out of his um, what I imagine to be the busiest time of his entire existence in life to come on the program and talk about voting here in New Mexico. Alex, good morning. How are you?
10: Good morning, guys. Uh, doing well. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing?
2: We're fair. We are closer to midland. I would say
10: mid. Okay, all right. I'm, yes. I'm like uh, at like a seven right now. So you know, I'm doing well, that's okay. pretty good.
2: Doing strong. Right? So <laughs> 2020, a
3: seven is really good.
2: Um, Alex, to to the exact number, how many people have already voted in the state? What is the exact number?
10: Oh man, you're gonna make me, you're gonna make me look at my spreadsheets here. <laughs> um we're,
6: <laughs> well, I don't, uh, let me, I can add it up here. We're well over
10: uh, 700,000 right now oh, uh, my gosh. Of, of total people who have voted in the state. That is uh, just for comparison. Um, so 2008 was the uh, kind of benchmark uh, before this year for how many people are voting. And in 2008, the total votes in New Mexico were 833,000. Uh, and so we are, and that's like total votes after everything, we're already at 739,000 people who have voted either by absentee or in person uh, during early voting. So we're about to, to uh, break that record of 2008. And and some people are, you know, even estimating, estimating we might push, you know, upwards of a million people voting in New Mexico. And we have about 1.3 million uh, registered voters in New Mexico. So that's quite uh, quite a lot of people, considering most elections don't get, you know, they're lucky if you get 40 percent of the eligible or of the registered voters voting. So this election is bringing people out of the woodwork. And it's it's really great to see from the uh, Secretary of State's perspective.
3: Yeah, it's 2020. We're in a pandemic. We got a heated battle going for the presidency and a lot of early voters but i personally like to vote on election day i love the pomp and circumstance i love making a day of it until my daughter who is 18 this year and gets to vote in her first election i'd always take her to the polls on election day can you can, we, can you talk about like the history of just voting like, what does it feel like on Election Day? What's the hustle and bustle like? What's it like to be in the booth, to be a volunteer?
10: Well, yeah, I mean, the, that in-person experience is really uh, important uh, to a lot of people. I know it certainly is for me. I wish I could. Uh, all, the, all the polling places are stocked with, you know, PPE, uh, the personal protective equipment. All the poll officials have been trained on covid safe practices there's going to be you know wiping down pens and wiping down surfaces and uh you know making sure people are are safe people should should know that when you go there is going to be social distancing you know in place uh, so you might roll up to a to a uh, a polling site you might see you know a long line out there you know i think that's going to look longer than it actually is because there is going to be social distancing in place. You're going to be asked to wear a mask, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but but overall, you know, we've had a smooth experience so far. I think people should expect a smooth experience. Um, it is going to be busy, though. Like you said, I mean, 739,000 people have already voted in Mexico, but we still expect a crush, you know, of people on election day because some people just are definitely there are going to vote in person on election day and they're waiting to do that. And so it is going to be busy out there. So another thing I suggest is, you know, try to go in an off time, uh, right early in the morning, lunchtime, or uh, after work. Those are the busiest times. So if you can, if you can slip out mid-morning, you know, mid-afternoon something like that, you're going to encounter fewer people at the polls and uh, and so we would encourage you uh, to do that if you know if you're going to vote in person.
2: Alex Curtis, the director of communication for the Secretary of State is joining us when we're talking voting how you can and today's the last day to do it early and if you so wish to cuz I like van enjoy the ambiance and I enjoy getting the sticker when I vote in person on Tuesdays. Uh, this upcoming election, or excuse me, this upcoming general election, uh, you can vote for the president. We have there's a Senate seat and a House seat, and there's a bunch of judges, and, and there's all kinds of stuff going on in this ballot. Can you, a little bit, Alex, uh, talk to me about some of the difficulties that you've seen uh, there at the office as far as combating, like, Information that's not necessarily factual via social media, can you maybe talk about some of the efforts that you guys have put in with making sure that voters are informed with factual information?
10: Sure, sure that's a great uh, a great question yeah because there so a couple things so uh, for one, people might not know, but uh, Secretary of State uh, my boss uh, Maggie Chile Oliver uh, she's actually the president of the National Association of Secretary of states, um, which is the oldest. Nonpartisan, uh, like political organization, or the in the uh, in the nation, uh, it's very cool uh, you have representation from you know uh, each party. Lots of secretaries of state, all of this, and they um, one of the the main initiatives this year has been what we call our Trusted Info Twenty Twenty campaign. This is a uh, you know exactly what you're talking about, uh, a, a coordinated effort among secretaries of state, election officials, and what uh, you know and and other people in government to make sure that voters are getting the correct information about uh, the election and voting. So, you know, there's it's a kind of a multi-pronged thing. Of course, you know, you may have seen in the news recently, there's, you know, Iran is doing stuff, Russia's been doing stuff, you know, for years. You know, there's, there's that kind of misinformation that, like, is deliberate. That's actually what we call disinformation, which is, like, purposefully wrong information about about voting in elections. But then there's the stuff that's kind of more, I think, in people's minds and the stuff you're probably more likely to encounter on social media or something like that is misinformation, just kind of mistaken information about, you know, what's going on. For instance, a couple of weeks ago, there was a rumor going around that um, the governor was going to be closing polling places on October 15th, kind of arbitrarily. And so... That of course was not true, uh, and and what we do in that case is basically you know we get alerted to it. I alert you know contacts at like Facebook, Twitter, the you know, social media platforms, any contacts in the media, make sure that they know what the proper information is. Um, and in that case, we actually had to have Facebook take down a post that was being circulated uh, that was that was telling people that that you know, these polling places weren't open. Uh, but this is the kind of stuff that we encounter basically as election administrators, stuff like that, where, where, um, either people are, I, I like to think people aren't purposefully doing that. Some, some of them might be, but a lot of the times people are just confused a little bit about, you know, election laws and what's in place and, uh, and it's totally understandable. And so we just have to be from like the uh, communications perspective, from election officials' perspective, just out there making sure that as soon as we see something, we get the proper information out there, use our channels, you know, like like the media, like what you guys are doing, like, you know, in, in a lot of different ways to just make sure that, you know, the people have the, the right information. It's, a, it's, a, it's become even more of a problem, I think, this year, although we haven't seen too, too much of it here in New Mexico, thankfully. Uh, we tend to, I think, be a bit uh, buffered from some of the, the more national craziness in some of the, the larger uh, states, you know, that are really going to decide, you know, the presidential election and that kind of thing. But, uh, but I would just say, you know, in addition, just make sure if you have questions about, you know, voting or elections, don't just, you know, take what you see online uh, for granted, you know, don't just – when your crazy uncle posts something, or some some friend of a friend, you know, make sure you verify that with either your county clerk, or our office of the Secretary of State, or a uh, you know a trusted you know election organization like the League of Women Voters or Common Cause or something like that. So, that's what I would encourage people to do because uh, you know information is really power, and and when people are trying to manipulate uh, information, they're they're trying to manipulate your vote. So don't don't let anyone do that to you.
2: But Alex, I don't know how to easily access the Secretary of State's office, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to easily access the county clerk. How do I do that?
10: Well, um, the easiest thing to keep in mind uh, is nmvote.org. So that's our voter information portal at the Secretary of State's office. Um, and you, if you go there, we've got a lot of uh, resources there. We've got contact information for all the county clerks, for one thing. So if you need to get directly in touch with your county clerk but just don't know how to uh, find their contact info, go to nmvote.org. Uh, you can search there. You can find it there uh, pretty pretty easily. So that, that would be the, you know, that's our main, our main portal. So you can do a, a bunch of stuff there. You can download your sample ballot so you know exactly what you're going to be voting on. And you can even, you know, print that out, fill it out, uh, and then and then take it, you know, with you when you go vote. Of course, that's not your ballot. You'll get a real ballot, but you can uh, you, you can take that in so you can just know, you know, which races uh, you're voting for already. Uh, you know, you can, uh, on animvote.org, some of these deadlines have passed at this point, but you can request your absentee ballot. You can register to vote, all these kinds of things. So, so nmbo.org is definitely the one I would um, encourage people to go to, or of course, write to their their county clerk. Um, you know, some of the bigger counties have and a larger, more robust websites, but all county clerks, you know, you can call up uh, or find them online and uh, and find information there. So I would definitely encourage uh, people to do that.
3: Alex, earlier you mentioned some fake news and disinformation. How can you qualm uh, the listener and let him know that the this election will not be compromised and the results will be legit?
10: Sure, sure. Well, I think that people should know that um, they should have trust in their election officials, that the people who are running these elections are dedicated uh, civil servants, no matter what their personal uh, political affiliations uh, are. And there are laws in place uh and procedures in place that ensure the integrity of the vote that ensure that uh you know people are not meddling with the vote that outside foreign actors are not meddling with the vote uh and and there's a you know a, a whole range of, of laws and procedures that that really are in place to to protect uh you know this this sacred right of of our democracy and i mean just just a couple off the the, the top of my head as something that, that, and people should know this, and they might not about New Mexico specifically. And not every state has these things, but we have some of the best uh, election security measures in the nation in here in New Mexico. And this is a result uh, not only of, of Secretary Toulouse-Oliver, but but uh, kind of forward thinking people in the legislature uh, and in other levels of government in New Mexico over you know in previous years. For example, we only use paper ballots in every. Uh, election in New Mexico. That is a low-tech solution to a high-tech problem of hacking. This is a way in which that uh, we can assure that there's always a paper trail um, of, uh, of actual ballots. In the, you know, unlikely uh, scenario, uh, but, you know, the, the worst case scenario of somebody, you know, you know, changing votes or getting into a system or something like that in New Mexico, we can always go back and we could count all the paper ballots. Uh, so, so that's that's one thing uh, that people should know. We also do something called post election auditing, which is a way in which um, after every election, we basically have like a forensic auditor go through. Uh, election results to make sure that nothing nefarious went on, no votes were being changed or anything like that. So those are some of these kind of like ways, these kind of security ways uh, in which we protect the vote. But then there's, of course, also the ways in which that um, voters, you know, the, the things we have in place to just ensure that, you know, the people who are voting uh, are are who they say they are. You know, I mean, they're, they're, this this gets talked about a lot, but we do actually have ID requirements in New Mexico. We don't have photo ID requirements, uh, which is what some people would like to see. But we you definitely do have to uh, make sure and the election officials make sure that you are the person who are, you know, is voting your actual ballot uh, uh, through signature verification and, and other means like that. So these are the ways in which like when when people go out to vote I would just very much encourage people to not be taken in by the rhetoric that seeks to undermine the integrity of our elections. Because the election administrators are working very hard every day. Nobody is trying to, you know, harvest votes. Uh, I mean, some people might be, but but the the but if you do that, or if you try to impersonate a voter, or if you try to double vote, or some anything like that, these are all felonies. Uh, and and you will be uh, you know caught and prosecuted, and so that's also of course another way in which we protect the vote is simply by having those deterrents like in the law. And so yeah, I would just say that people should really be you know be confident that you know, your your election administrators are working uh, hard on your behalf, and we are going to get an accurate uh, vote count, and every everyone's vote is going to count. The only other thing I would say is that you know we might it, we might take. Uh, not necessarily New Mexico, but to get final election results, you know, people should be patient, especially in this election. We were talking about the numbers earlier Um Th- that's nothing compared to something like pennsylvania or something like that right where there's tens of millions of people who are voting <laughs> in just that one state it's going to and, and pennsylvania can't even start counting their votes until 7 a.m on election day uh which Alex, is kind of thank, crazy thank to me. You so
3: much for all this amazing information sorry we're up against yeah. a break right now oh no can no, you sorry. hit our listeners with the information pages in case they need any last minute data or location or any kind of voting information
10: of course. Of course. Yeah. Again, just to repeat, nmvote.org. If you need uh, contact information for your county clerk or need to, uh, any more information about how, where to vote, any resources like that, nmvote.org. Uh, remember, today, Saturday is the last day to early vote. And then, of course, uh, November 3rd is Election Day. If you still have absentee ballots, uh, don't mail them in. Drop them off at any polling location in your county.
2: Alex Curtis, Director of Communications, Secretary of State. Thank you so very much, my friend. When we get back to break, you very Sarah, much, guys. Sarah Regala, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Mountain Region is going to join us because she's going to she's going to put it on us, man. She's okay. going to put the pressure on, okay? Dave & Busters presents ABQ Central, live from the ABQ Act studio, powered by Mexico Pinion We play on Team I-9, and we're getting strong with Evolve Strong, 95.9 FM AM 610, the sports animal.
5: Are you tweaked? Just kidding. No, I'm not.
2: The Jim Rome Show, weekdays
5: at ten on ninety five point nine FM and AM six ten. The Sports
2: Animal. We're back on the program. It's ten twenty one in the morning, and you're listening to your boys live. It's not a replay. They moved us. They said seven to nine. It's good for the JV. Now you're eight to eleven. So we're halfway through five straight hours of local programming. Here on 610, The Sports Animal. You don't get that anywhere else in town, Van. Nope. You will listen to guys from New York, you go to the, that other station. You will listen to guys that care about New Mexico, you come right here and you talk to your boys. Yep. And we bring in friends of the show, and one of those friends of the show is Sarah Regala, and she is the director of Big Brothers Big Sisters in New Mexico. Good morning, Sarah. How are you?
11: I'm good. How are you, Fred?
2: Doing well, feeling well, excited to speak with you. Van was out of town three weeks ago, two weeks ago, however many weeks ago it was, Whenever I and friend of the show, friend in real life, star of TV and radio, KOB's very own Brandon Ortega, we started the Friends of the Show campaign for Move for Kids' Sake, which is a big brother's, big sister's, um, what do you want to call it, a pivot to your bowling, to your annual bowling fundraiser? And we are currently sitting, are you ready for this, Van? I'm going to break the news. Hit me with it. We are currently sitting at $1,500 and some change. Okay. Pretty good. So we are in third. We're on the podium. Okay. So we brought Sarah in to really twist our arm because we got to get to that second place. Team Madigan is out in front of us at $1,800. Sarah,
3: give us the guilt trip.
11: If you want to get out there, I'm going to need some money. You guys got to bring in those donations today. we got to finish strong here.
3: Oh, my God, Fred. We just got mommed. Yes, that is. She's, just, <laughs> she's not mad. She's disappointed no, in us. When,
2: when Sarah originally <laughs> set up our goal, she set up for $500, then $1,000, uh-huh. then $1,500. Uh-huh. And she said, she said, what sweat can I squeeze out of this sock? So here we are. So we we are we are reaching out to the friends of the show with a little bit of pressure from our friend, Sarah Regala, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Mountain Region. And and we're asking for some help. So we're asking for donations for our team. So it's you go to the Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Mountain Region website van. Okay. Okay. And then it's move for kids' sake. So that's Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Mountain Region, slash MFKS. And then right there you can find our team. So it's... It's the friends of the show team. Otherwise, find us on social media. Everything's at TalkABQ, where we have multiple links up and different photos, and you and I exercising and doing yoga and and just out in the community and, and about. But we have raised, and here's the number. I have it exactly. Are you ready? Fifteen twenty-seven. So we're only four hundred and seventy-five bucks off from our goal, and we hope to reach that by the end of the day with a big social media push. So our our portion of a fundraiser for Big Brothers Big Sisters is this but Sarah can you talk about what like the rest of the Mountain Region and Santa Fe proper is doing in an effort to help you and Big Brothers Big Sisters?
11: Absolutely so as you know the Mountain Region goes all over the state and we've had a really big goal we're at 217,000 $279 Two hundred seventy nine dollars is what we set as our goal. Um, right now, we're at about one hundred and sixty seven thousand. So we've done an amazing job with this new virtual format, but we still have a, you know ways to go, and so we want to really reach that goal. Uh, Santa Fe is about twenty two thousand short, um, and so you know these are just really important funds to help those children out there. You know our kids need us right now; uh, they're stuck at home. They're dealing with kind of social isolation and all sorts of stuff, and and we want to make sure that they have a big in their corner, a friend um, that can really be there for them and help them get through online school and all of the troubles that they're having to deal with. And so this is a super important cause. Um, It's something that really goes back to the community. I want to be clear. Every dollar stays in your community. Every dollar goes to the children. Um, There's no overhead costs on this fundraiser, so you know, your money really goes where we say it goes. And it, it's going straight to these kids. And so we want to we make sure that we are, are going to reach that goal. And I know I've raised it a couple times on you guys, but you've done such a great job. And I just want to thank all of the people on your team who have donated so far. Um, you're really doing amazing. And it's just Fred who's not doing well enough because he needs to get my last
3: $400. <laughs> that, how mafia of you.
11: You get I do what I dogs. can. I do what I can. I care about the kids and I want to make sure we get there.
3: <laughs> so, uh, let's say we do hit our goal and you hit mm-hmm. your grand total goal. Mm-hmm. For the listeners out there who doesn't know exactly what's going to happen with this this fundraising event, where does this money go? What do you do with all these proceeds?
11: Absolutely. So, right now we have about 100 kids on the waiting list, um which means they're kids who have already signed up for our program, done the interview, they're ready to be matched with big brothers and big sisters. And what we need is, is the funds to really be able to complete that process. So, you know, a lot of this, it, it takes money that people don't think about. We do background checks. We want to make sure that our um, bigs are safe. We do reference checks. We have um, staff that support them that reach out to our families to make sure that they are doing okay, especially during this time. We want to check and see if they need rent assistance, if they need food assistance, if they need food. Um, just really any referral sources out there in the community. So we have professional staff that work with our matches. Um, We have to do background checks. We have to do the recruitment to get our bigs. And if there's anyone out there who thought about becoming a big brother, big sister, uh, now is an amazing time. We can complete the whole process virtually. But, you know, this money is really going to get those kids off the waiting list. The more funds we get, the more that we can match these children uh, with bigs, and we can really get them started on this amazing relationship.
2: How many kids or littles does Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Mountain Region help annually?
11: Yeah, so we, we roughly reach about 1,100 kids annually, and that's what we did last year. And, uh, we, you know, reach a certain amount of kids in each area because we are very diverse. We're in McKinley County. We're on the Navajo Nation. We're in Santa Fe, Taos, Colfax. Um, we're in Los Alamos, Rio Riva. We're, we're, we're very spread out. Um, so we have uh, children in, in every region. We've got about 200 kids in Santa Fe. Um, but, yeah, we, we reach about 1,000 annually.
2: Of those kids, how many of them are in the program for greater than one year?
11: You know, I don't have that statistic in front of me, but we do pride ourselves on um, on our longevity of matches, and I believe our average is two years. But we do require a commitment of one year for a big to sign up um, to be matched with a little, because it's incredibly important to us that you know that we're not just in these children's lives for a minute. You know that we're really there for them. And I- I'm a big sister. I really believe in this program. My little sister Brienne and I have been matched uh, a little over six months now. It's been amazing. Um, you know, we're we're getting creative in COVID. I dropped off um, some Halloween candy and and a pumpkin and things like that yesterday. And, and we've been seeing each other. And it's it's just a really amazing program, and it's uh, it's just really important. I mean, my little sister said to me yesterday, she said that she felt really cared for, and that that was important to her. And it you know it made me feel good. It's it's just a wonderful experience. Uh, really recommend it for anyone who's thinking about how they can be more involved in their community. Uh, this is a really amazing way to do it, and, you know, fundraising is a big piece of that. We, we've we got to raise those funds so we can reach more kids. It's, you know, our goal to, to give every child who needs a mentor a one, and with your help, we can do it.
2: I just, as we were talking, bought the website, helpyourboys.com, okay? So it's helpyourboys, B-O-I-S, <laughs> dot .com. So if you go to helpyourboys.com, it will link you to our fundraising page for Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Mountain Region. And you will be able to donate. to. So GoDaddy's updating it right now. So by the end of, of hopefully the program, <laughs> helpyourboys.com will get you to our team page where you can make or at least help us earn our fi- our final $475 and some change in an effort to help Big Brothers Big Sisters Mountain Region. And the newest bully I have ever met, Sarah Regala. Yeah, she's going to
3: kneecap <laughs> us if we don't hit our goal. Yes,
2: I mean, so.
11: my team is called this the Ski bullies fear, for a reason. We're, we're bullies. <laughs> We, we get it done. On
2: bullies. So, Sarah, any fu- uh, any final words or anything before we let you go? Questions we may have missed? Updates people might need to have about Big Brothers Big Sisters and what you guys are doing?
11: Oh, like I said, you know, sign up today if you've ever thought about being a big reach out to us. And um, thank you so much for everyone who's been involved in this fundraiser. It's been amazing. Uh, you guys are just short of the goal, um, so please keep it coming. And I did do a quick Google search, and if you just Google "friends of the show" and "move for kids' sake," you also your team is the first link that comes up. So lots of ways to find it. Um, get out there, keep donating, every dollar counts, you know, five, ten dollars. That's how we get across this finish line. So help us out today. Thank you everyone.
2: Love that. And love that Sarah Regal and Big Brothers Big Sisters gave us an opportunity to help them this morning. Help your boys, B O I S dot com. That will get you to our team page as soon as GoDaddy updates it. And we're gonna we're gonna get to that again raised mark. Of a goal at two thousand dollars, and hopefully move into second in the region. Uh, we're not going to take first, though, Sarah, because Team Avery has raised twenty one thousand dollars.
11: Team Avery is crushing it, and that's actually one of our board members, and we're super thankful to have them. Um, I just checked your website, and you're right your new um, your new GoDaddy, your domain that you now own. I mean, this is a, a whole new like business venture for you. I'm just going to buy up <laughs> all the domains out there, but uh, best, it works, Best eleven dollars so I ever spent. Head on <laughs>
2: Sarah, thank you so very much. We need to let you go, but we wanted to thank New Mexico Opinion Coffee for giving us the opportunity to reach out to someone in the community who is helping the community. Sarah Regalo was that today, her and Big Brothers Big Sisters, and my arm hurts from the twisting that she gave us. (laughs) Sarah, thank you. Happy
11: to help. Thanks for having me on.
2: Thanks, Sarah. We're going to grab a break. After we grab that break, CJ. CJ. CJ from yeah. Ball Strong? Yeah. Owner-operator. Stoke for this. Yeah, he's going to reach out, and, and he's going to tell, tell us how proud he is for us doing it or how disappointed he is for us trying to do it.
3: <laughs> Silver
2: October is all but in the past at this point. Will we continue it into November? Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central, live from the ABQX studio. We are, of course, powered by New Mexico Pinel Strong with Evolve Strong, 95.9 FM and AM610, the sports animal.
5: The NFL plays here, 95.9 FM and AM610 the sports animal
2: we're back on the program we're having a lot of fun this morning we've had all the guests in our new time slot we, we go from 7 to 9 to 8 to 11 and now everyone's in
3: Now, yeah. yeah, Now we got the interest. Uh, No one wants to wake up at seven in the morning, except for CJ. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Early (laughs) riser. Where I was going with that.
2: Uh, CJ joining us, owner/operator of Evolve Strong, and we are recapping our sober October. But but before we do, I wanted to ask CJ because obviously I'm getting all, I'm getting the emails, I'm seeing the social media, the flyers and the posters are up there at the gym when I'm in. CJ, talk to me a little bit about Rise of the Phoenix, my friend.
12: You know, Rise of the Phoenix is. 10 years in the making and we've refined this program to what it is today, which has become, you know, New Mexico's largest, um, fitness challenge along with fitness extravaganza slash show. It's an international show now. We have individuals coming in from Mexico, coming in from Europe now this time, especially now that we're doing things virtually. So what it is is, um, you know, we've taken this program, and and we take – last year we had about a 100 – well, excuse me, this year, this year, um, and this is kind of crazy. We had about 150 individuals start on – With our program, and every year it's grown more and more and more. And and what we do is we take them along this 12 to 14 week journey, depending on the start date and when we get the the show place. And um, we take them on this 12 week journey, and our job is to get these individuals, just like you and I, normal people, um, and we get them to a fitness show ready. Now, Very different than traditional fitness shows where you're on your own, you have to do your own training, your own meal plans, all your own, all that stuff. We take each individual and we hold them by their hand. And we at Evolve have a vested interest because the individuals that join the program, the challenge, they are our Product at the end. They're the showmen. They're the people that have to get up on stage and show, you know, their results. So we show a big before picture, we show their big after picture, and it is a true blue fitness show. And we have, you know, different um, areas that they can compete in. One of them, which is my, the, the one that's closest to my heart, is what we call the most improved. And this is individuals that are three, 400 pounds, maybe 200 pounds, whatever they are, uh, you know, 70, 80 year olds. I think our oldest competitor was an 82 year old lady, and she just wanted to do it. This is, a, uh, you know, something in her bucket list. And we took her all the way through. And it's just what we do is we show their beginning pictures and their after pictures. They have to give a little speech. And then, you know, the judges, it's a full panel. Um, We have, you know, national uh, competitors on the panel. We have regular blowjoes like, you know, Carlos Garcia, Jason Dasklos on it that that have been judging every year. Um, And then we have, you know, the true blue model bikini figure. And then we have, you know, the bodybuilding and we have physique for the men. And so, again, it's the full gamut. Individuals that have ever wanted to try a show, do a show. This is, you know, the beginning. We show everybody from the beginning to the end. And we hold their hands all the way from posing to tanning to meal planning, what it actually takes to do it. And then after that, what we do? Is we use those individuals who have won, and we take them to like the OCBs, the um, the natural shows, the ones that are tested, the ones that are healthy. Um, so this this is kind of what we started this year, which was kind of interesting, you know, because of COVID. We've grown from the Hyatt ballroom, we went to the convention center, we were in the Sandia double ballroom last year uh, with 1,500 individuals in the audience. So it's a big show. All the friends and family come and support these people. It's very supportive. But, you know, this is the highlight of what Evolve is all about. You know, the, the, the rise of the Phoenix is what we call it. We call it ROP. So wherever you're at on the gamut, whether you be 300 pounds or whether you be an athlete wanting to show off your body, you know, or whether you just want to figure out if this is for you you this is the program rise of the phoenix this year we did a we actually produced a movie internally because out of the 150 we had 13 individuals left and the movie itself we it's an hour long documentary that's going to air on KOTK uh, on channel 7 actually within um, you know in november and december and the first part of january so you're going to be able to see these 13 ladies persevere through the covid and actually end up on stage and get judged
3: Well, how awesome. I've seen the before and after pictures, and I've heard all the testimonials because, you know, as all of our loyal listeners know, we've partnered with Evolve Strong this whole month for Sober October. So when someone dedicates themselves to Rise of the Phoenix, like everyone wants to look better. No doubt everyone wants to look better. But these people end up transforming themselves and transforming their lives outside of the physical progress you make. Can you talk about the progress you make as a person when you dedicate to something like this?
12: Yeah, you know, it's just like anything else in life. Um, This is a short-term investment for the rest of your life. And a lot of us start these programs. We have great energy. We decide we're going to do something. And then our conviction begins to fail, especially around the second, third week when we're getting up and we're like, oh, man, I, I don't want to get to go work out at 5 o'clock. I don't want CJ screaming at me again. I'm tired of broccoli. I want, I want pizza. I want the burgers. You know, it gets difficult. But what happens when someone commits and actually perseveres through the entire process, the the the, the process itself is life transforming. And the product, you know, the byproduct is a better body, a flatter stomach, you know. But really the pride that one comes up with at the end, by persevering to the end, by getting up at 5 a.m., by overcoming all the hurdles that are going to be thrown at us. See, that sun's going to come up with or without us. Work is going to continue to be there. The kids, every all of these pulls and pushes in life are going to be there. But if someone commits and follows through all the way until the end, come rain, snow, snow, hell, high water, however, and they get up on that stage, and then secondly, There is nothing scarier than getting up on stage in minimal clothing and being judged and being seen in front of 1,500 people, right? And this time, they're actually going to be on a movie that could be seen with a million people, right? We've been having, you know, huge hits. So, you know, it is – it's scary. It's scary as hell to be judged like that. I mean, think about that. I mean, nobody in their right mind wants to do it. But should they – be able to do that and the it at the end and what's cool about the trainers here at evolve if you do a show on your own and you try and do it on your own it is scary as hell but what happens is we step you through step-by-step process here through rise of the phoenix and we hold your hand the entire way and we do posing here so you start getting comfortable with the group that's around you and i'll tell you by you know by by that by that the like 10th, 11th week when everybody's posing, people just come in and start taking their shirts off, putting their their, their heels on. I mean, it, it just finally becomes comfortable. It's the first time when you take your shirt off. It's that first time that you try and step in and out of your comfort zone. But really, if you can do this, if you can do this, you can do just about anything in life. And I think it's almost scarier than public speaking because you're getting judged on your body.
2: CJ, my question for you because you were talking about how difficult it is in the morning and, and how hard it is to make that short-term change for long-term effects. My question to you is just how vital is personal training? Like the most success I've ever found in in a fitness world is with someone that knows what they're doing and knows how to motivate me to do it better. Can you talk about like the personal training aspect over to Vol Strong and talk about how it's so accessible to everyone as a member?
12: Yeah, man. So, I, I, you know – I m- I am a personal trainer by trade. I am a coach. I am, um, you know, our entire mission here is to inspire others, including ourselves, to better ourselves mentally, physically, and emotionally. And a lot of times, I don't know about you, but if you've tried to do things on your own, have you tried to do, like, computer programs on your own, Have you tried to figure out your TV when it comes via manual on your own, have you ever tried to cook something or bake something without direction? And, and they, they, there's weird little nuances and quirks that if you do something wrong – like an Ikea set, right? Trying to put that together like an Ikea set, right? Or, or if, you, if you don't have someone helping you, more than likely it's going to take twice as long. The product is not going to be anywhere near the way you want it to be. And and you, you just slub up the entire way, right? The most The reason that we hire coaches or coaches that are with us is because we can help avoid some of those pitfalls. We can help... Get you, cause and also too, we help you commit. There's, we have no magic pills, no magic elixirs. We don't even believe in diets here at Evolve at all, because once if somebody's promoting something that's gonna quick fix you and change you, you better be walking the other way. Because the moment you get off of those diets or those shakes, or you start putting stuff back in after Atkins, you're gonna balloon right back up, and you're gonna get worse off than you've ever been. And that yo-yo effect is horrible but we especially in america you, you know we want that quick fix we want that you know that, that and, and that that doesn't work at all and so what we've done here at evolve and what's awesome there's 28 trainers here at evolve that that operate under me and you know um d- before COVID, we had about 55 you know, throughout the state and throughout Seattle and Dallas, but that's a different story. But there still are 28 of our top, top professionals, and I would venture to say these guys are top within America, and I know the entire system. I've, I've been here, done that. Two decades later, I've seen it all. Actually, especially now on the Internet, you can see everything with these free things. And so these guys understand what the process entails they know how to motivate you and inspire you and keep you engaged through the entire process because it is a process and it's not an easy fix and there are going to be days where you're going to hate it where all right you know i committed to this guy i'm going to show up and then when you show up we understand we understand where you've been all of us have been there and done that we're either professional athletes we're professional showmen we've actually lost hundreds of pounds, we've seen this and done that. What we can do is help you overcome those hurdles and those stumbling blocks, and we can help you stay the course. We we do three things. We provide you our knowledge, we provide you a kick-ass workout, and number three, we provide you accountability. And through the entire process, we guarantee your results. And if you're not happy, You know, we walk away. There's never any contracts. And I believe very strongly that contracts are horrible in the fitness industry because we as fitness professionals have to earn your trust, earn – earn your respect throughout the entire process, and I'm very proud that we have about a 98% success rate here at Evolve with every client that walks through that door, and every client actually meets with me and whatever the trainer is at the beginning, because we operate as a team. We have physical therapists. Nancy's been on your show a couple times. We have physical therapists, nutritionists. We have professional athletes, so weight loss professionals, all that good stuff. And and we operate as a team here. Every Friday we meet together and we go through our client list and we see who's who's at a plateau, who's not, who needs to intervene, who doesn't. So it's a really, really cool experience here at Evolve. And we've refined it over the last 20 years, and it's a very personalized experience. So that's kind of the difference. And there.
3: CJ, thank you so much for being on with us. Thank you so much for joining us in our Sober October journey. We're both better Looking? <laughs> I was gonna say we're better people, but I'm looking across the table at Fred, and I don't know if that's the no. case. But CJ, thank you so much. Evolve Strong, E V E-V-O-L-V, O L V, Evolvestrong.com. You guys are absolutely amazing. Thank you for everything you've done for us this month, and thank you for everything you're doing for the community. Rise of the Phoenix at Evolve Strong. I'd highly recommend you look into it and check it out. CJ, thank you so much for being a friend of the show.
12: Awesome, gents. Well, we look forward to having you
2: around for a while. Have a great day, all right, guys? Good dude. What a good dude. When we get back, we're wrapping it up, and we're handing it off to On the Mic. Dave and Busters presents APQ Central Live from the Act Studio. We are powered by New Mexico Pinon. We play on Team I-9, and we're getting strong with the ball. Strong. 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal.
5: The unrivaled king of sports radio. The Jim Rome Show. Weekdays at 10 on 95.9 FM
2: and AM 610. Back on the program, Van. Gosh, we had a fun one. It was a good one, right? Gosh. Three three strong, fast hours.
3: Yeah. We're normally napping by now. Sure. I'm already back asleep. Usually. Yeah. That's how yeah.
2: it's been, <laughs> been moving from 7 to 9, 8 to 11. And we're going to do that for a long time coming. So we're excited about that. The new format. Obviously, big thank you to everyone who came on the program today. Dasha Mays, who helped us open the show. So she, we're going to follow her story and, and stay tuned for updates and all that at TalkABQ. Uh, Obviously, Alex Curtis, who came on from the Secretary of State's office. So much vital information on voting. And then big thank you to CJ, who came on, talked about Evolve Strong, talked about our journey, what they're doing with Rise of the Phoenix. Sarah Gala, who's now a friend of the show, who challenged us to up our donation. So go to helpyourboys.com, B-O-I-S, helpyourboys.com, and you can donate to our friends of the show team, and that will help uh, Littles in the Santa Fe and North community. And then lastly, Izzy Gonzalez, who joined us.
3: I'm really excited to have her on. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So She, she did a really good – she seemed like a seasoned veteran. Didn't she, seem like her first time. No. She did so good. And I know in the past
2: you've had an opportunity here to step away from the radio and not be tuned into local t- programming, but not anymore because we're handing off to On the Mic immediately after this. Yeah. So you can continue your local sports talk coverage here on 610 The Sports Animal, and then this afternoon switch over to 96.3 KKOB. 4 p.m. is logo Lobo pregame. And then listen to your boy, Rob Portnoy.
3: Oh, the best in the biz. Yeah, give you the a golden voice. Silver
2: and cherry or cherry and silver or, or whatever the Lobo's called here in town. And <laughs> it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a fun sports talk day. So Saturdays moving forward are your sports days. And, and thank you for letting us be a part of it. Obviously, Lenny who called in, Howard who called in, who we're going to spend Howard's money every week, every single week. He's going to have a prediction on how the Cowboys are going to do something. <laughs> so, there's that Vital, we were remote with you this week. How nice was it not seeing us?
0: Well, I like seeing your ugly mugs.
3: Oh. Yeah. What a nice guy. Miss you too, buddy.